The Rewatchables is brought to you by Vudu, a leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy and over 10,000 titles you can watch for free on their ad-supported on-demand service. Enjoy everything from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to your favorite indie films without subscriptions or contracts. Guess what film is on Vudu right now? Fatal Attraction. We're about to do it. Head to Vudu.com slash Rewatchables to sign up and start watching today. Vudu.com slash Rewatchables. Coming up. I will not be ignored! Fatal Attraction. That's not how she says it. A look that led to an evening. We are attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. A mistake he'd regret all his life. Now where's your wife? Daddy! Honey, oh, God. And you're here with a strange girl being a naughty boy? I don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime. I've got to see you. This is going to stop. No, it's not going to stop. It's going to go on and on. She keeps calling the apartment. Hello? Every time Beth answers the phone, she hangs up. I'm scared, Jimmy. You play fair with me? Do you have an affair with her? I'll play fair with you. I don't want to lose my family. How could you do that? You're scared of me, aren't you? You're afraid. Gutless, heartless, spineless. Fatal attraction. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well, you can't. Mallory Rubin is here. Wesley Morris oh. from the New York Times. Wow. Hi. He's here. Hi. We're doing three 80s movies with you. This is a dream come uh, true. We're putting this one up this week and we have two other ones. Uh, three of the iconic 80s movies. Didn't mean to go backwards with you, but sometimes you got to do it. This one I've been dying to do with you. This is my dream team for <laughs> Fatal Attraction. <laughs> Uh, if Fennessy was here, I feel like he would be silent judging us. I don't the whole know time. if he could handle this. He wouldn't have been able to handle it. We what have a lot be, of stuff to go. What in. would the judgment be? We're gonna have to break down the sink scene. There's some stuff that it's gonna get uncomfortable time to time. I want to go frame by frame on the okay. sink scene. Oh, um, frame by frame. God bless you. I'll start here. God bless you. My wife. We watched this with my daughter, which I'll get into okay. uh, a couple of days ago. I'm already concerned. My wife said the moral of the story is don't cheat with a crazy person and don't bring your dog into it. Very upset about the dog, which That's I want to get into. Or Quincy. The That's the moral of the story, according to my wife. Mm. Um, when this movie hit, it tapped into a whole bunch of adultery themes. And in my opinion, really scared a lot of people. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I think it I think this movie affected more relationships than any movie ever made. I'm gonna start there. Ooh. Negatively, or maybe positively, like you stopped <laughs> either. Cheating. Well, Glenn Close famously has said before that. People keep coming up to her throughout her career and saying, thank you for saving my marriage. Like, thank you for scaring me into being a good husband a or good wife. guided, yeah. principled partner. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. your worst case scenario for my partner slash spouse is away for the weekend. This person's eyeballing me a little bit. I'm just going to go with it. What's the worst thing that could happen? Right. This yeah. is the worst thing that could happen. This is the worst thing that can happen. Because I can say, as a person who has been to, to many a book party, by the way, and is wow. done I didn't a, know done where a, that was going for a second. Done yeah. a lot of flirty, flirty. Yeah. And, you know, sure. I, I always look for a ring. And, you know, what's funny is she doesn't have any girlfriends, so we don't really know what the Sex in the City version of Fatal Attraction is. But, like, there's no friend to be like, didn't you see a ring or, or anything? Mm-hmm. Maybe she just 
she maybe she had to. She knew. She knew. She, There's a whole speech. Yes, exactly. There's the whole speech when they go and have that great. Wait, wait, what do we do? Would we set this thing up a little bit? No, let's go. We'll go big picture <laughs> and then we'll hit some right. of the scenes. So, what I think is fascinating about the effect this movie had was that the Time Magazine cover doesn't. It's not a cheating is bad. It's the thriller is bad. Is is when the when Michael yeah. Douglas and Glenn Close are on the cover of Time magazine in like the fall of '87. Mm-hmm. It is a real embrace of the return of a kind of movie that that previously really had sort of gone out of style, or I would say graduated from one genre, well, one area of American culture, which was teenagers being killed for having sex, to adults made to suffer once again post-Hitchcock, but in a Hitchcock way for having sex. Um, and a very sexual movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they had struggled with late 70s, early 80s, trying to figure out how do we do this in a mass entertainment way. Right. And then this movie is like, we figured it out. Well, We're making this a thriller, and there's also gonna, it's also going to ooze sex. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the interesting thing, though, is that Glenn Close, the year before Fatal Attraction, was in Jagged Edge, which was is not quite the same movie because the you know the the conceit is it's more the contraption is different because it's set it, it's it's one genre that gets invaded by another genre that didn't quite exist yet. Right? Do you see Jagged Edge? Never. Seen Jeff Jagged. Bridges. Oh, yeah. No. Jeff Bridges may or may not have killed his wife. Glenn yes. Close defending him as the lawyer. Yes. Right. And, and then falls for him. Which yes. is a movie that has now, that that mm-hmm. sort of plot has been happened in what, 40 movies? Yes. Yes. It this is was an, one of the better versions of it though. Right. And the, the only point is that Glenn Close had clearly, there was a determination on somebody's part in her life that she was no longer, she had three Oscar nominations at this right. point just basically for playing your mom. Mm-hmm. You're like your light of my life, glow of all glows, mother. And well, let's go. Th- let's go through that because right. she's Jenny Garp in World According to Garp. Yes, uh-huh. which is one of my favorite characters. She got nominated for it. I love that movie. It's flawed, but I'm a huge fan of it. Great yes. book, and she's great in it. Yes. And the book, she's such a key character in the book, and nobody really knows who Glenn Close was. Does that? Not she's really. In the big chill. Yes. Great movie. She plays really the only uh, the only one who. Um, seems to have a moral center in that movie other than Kevin Klein, whose moral center is I get to sleep with your friend because you slept with my friend. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but, and then but, she's in the natural. She's the lady in wait, yeah. which we did. A, I mean, we did barn sex from, from <laughs> barn sex to sing sex. What an so arc. This was a good casting. Whoa. Glenn Close is going to play a crazy yeah. permed well, killer. It, the, so many of the stories around, there are a ton of casting what ifs for this movie for yes. for, for all of the roles, but good one. In, including for Dan, but mostly for Alex and a lot of the stories around Glenn Close's casting. It's kind of fascinating how candid everybody, including Glenn Close, is about whether people thought she was right for the part, mm. specifically because of her sexuality and whether she could bring that irrepressible eroticism to the role. Nobody mm. thought that she could, and she was determined to convince them, which is fascinating who are the people we're getting some to of, that oh, okay because i actually we this have is, a whole plan here's the thing about me and my movies mm-hmm. i don't really know anything yeah <laughs> well i don't know about how they get made i don't know who didn't get cast mm-hmm. i know some things but with this i don't know anything so i think i'm gonna learn some stuff but, it's, it was you so you read the same stuff i read 
the underlying theme of it was we didn't feel like she was sexy enough to get this mm-hmm. part. And Makes her sense. her trying to prove to the producers yes. and the casting people, I'm actually, I can be sexy. Totally. And I think what's so interesting about that is, first of all, it's not subtext. It's not something you have to parse their comments to sort of find and unearth. They flat out all say it mm. and are not embarrassed about saying it because it was really a foundational part of landing on her for the role and then making the movie. And also, I think to your point, Wesley, about whether you know that or have read up on it, it kind of doesn't matter because when you're watching the movie, it's going to be your first thought when you see her. It is. It's actually just better to admit that. Would, like, would you have sex with this person? Well, is that the question? Not. I wouldn't put it quite that. Would you risk your family? What, what is it's the question? Just, it's a little surprising mm. that the the chemistry between them is going to be that all-consuming that he's going to be willing to either upend his life or not think about whether that would upend his life. It's just a surprising pairing, but that's what makes it ultimately so compelling. Like, I'm not criticizing that. It's a compliment. She mm. does a good job at being like a little bit of a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And his character— She's not just a bombshell. That's no, not the right. point. Yes. She's, she's intense. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. And his character is kind of a wimp. He's the guy who like can't get his umbrella open when he's outside. Oh my god, that's a <laughs> great know? moment. And he's eating her bagel. He's, got, up. he's yeah. got cheese on his nose. Impotence comes in many forms. And he's about to hook up with his wife and she he, no, you have to walk the dog first. Comes back, the kids in the bed. Like yeah. he's just like typical American male who can't at every totally turn. get his shit together. Right. And then here's Glenn Close smoking a cigarette with her crazy perm, just like eye locking him. Mm-hmm. His wife's away. Yeah. And he just kind of gets caught up in it. Which, by the way, has happened in a million movies. This was this sure. does it probably the best. Well, it does it the best because there's no subtext, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, it's not like it has all of the Hitchcock devices with none of the Hitchcock intellectualism, right? Mm-hmm. None of the sort of psychoanalysis. There's a very sort of blatant scene at some point where she watches Dan and Beth and Ellen in their new country house, which we can yeah. talk about later, sees this, Can't witnesses wait. this scene and goes and pukes. That is not subtext. (laughs) That is straight up just this woman's emotions are on her sleeve at all times. Let's audible just slightly to something you created in a great line piece that I've stolen from you liberally since. Okay. The From Hell movie trope. Oh my God. So this movie created the From Hell character. Yes. Which is like the dot, dot, dot from hell, Mm -hmm. which then we saw with Sleeping with the Enemy, the husband from hell. Yes. Hand that rocks the cradle. The nanny from hell. Pacific Heights, the tenant from hell. Yeah. Internal Affairs, the cop from hell. Oh, yeah. The temp, the temp from hell. <laughs> the <laughs> crush, they start getting the yeah. teenager from hell. Yeah, they start getting desperate at and this point. And then they're just doing, what was the one with Ray Liotta, domestic oh, disturbance, unlawful, un- the wait, stepfather from entry. hell. Right. Yeah, they, so they everybody, and then they kind of ran out of people from hell. Mark Wahlberg, the My Daughter's Boyfriend oh, from hell. fear, yeah. And fear. And then it kind of came back with Gone Girl, but- you love From Hell. Oh my God! One of your it's favorite great. movie tropes ever, and this created, I would say, forty movies. Well, but I would say the thing that you—it's kind of like this is the Julia Roberts of the blank From Hell genre, right? Like every attempt to reduplicate, to like to to get another Julia Roberts going, right. is just an embarrassment because we all have to admit there's only one Julia Roberts. Yeah, and there's oh, like this is the and I we can we're going to talk about this, but hmm. why? this movie is impossible to duplicate, um, has so much to do with these intangible properties, but everything to do also with people sort of misunderstanding what about this movie as a mechanical ex- mm-hmm. as a mechanical device, why it works so well. Why do you think it works so well, Mal? 
<sighs> the animal crime? No, that's that's tough for me, as you know. <laughs> Spent a lot She's of time thinking s- about poor Whitey. Poor Whitey the rabbit. Even Quincy, who, thank God, is ultimately okay, but it's like, Dan, can you go home and walk the dog? The dog's just oh, waiting I really, for you while you're yeah. out. Fuck it. Come on. Yeah. Take care of your I animals. Mean, this time, I've Terrible. watched this movie maybe 25 times. This was the first time I was actually like, oh, God, poor Quincy. It's awful. He's been in the house this whole time. He really has to go. It's terrible. Right, who's yeah. feeding him? Who's walking him? Why does the movie work so well? I think because it allows you to largely guiltlessly, and let's put a, an asterisk on that and return to it, consume it on multiple levels. Mm. You can just have fun with it. It's mm-hmm. a really entertaining two hours. Pretty crisp, moves well the whole time. There's not a dull moment. There's never... There really isn't. Particularly impressive considering that the bulk of the film takes place in the same settings with the same people, kind of having the same conversation, mm-hmm. just like a slight evolution of it. But if you want to spend a little more time thinking about it or engage with it a little more deeply, then there's a very rich rich and deep emotional, spiritual, and psychological text that you can parse for Alex, for Dan, for Beth, for, for poor Ellen. Oh, Ellen. I mean, what's the rest of Ellen's life like after her bunny was boiled and Tough a person life. was murdered in her home <laughs> while her, she was watching her parents soundly scream sleeping her. down the hall? She was kidnapped. Yeah, I mean... What does this movie look like in 2019 if it comes out with the way people overreact to everything? These Everything's days? the same in this movie comes out? Or do, are you same. making it for 2019? No, I'm saying this I have version comes out in 2019. I have an argument for, for like doing this in 2019, but we can talk about that later. Um, I actually don't even think it gets greenlit. Yeah. I really don't think it gets made. I think it's... Really? You no, don't think it gets greenlit? No. I mean... For any number of reasons. I would just but- say it's basically, it's less fatal attraction and it's more Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about Alex, not Dan. And mm-hmm. it's about, and and I would argue that this would maybe be, an, if not an improvement, at least also a compelling way to to parse the story because a lot of the things that you would have to change to make the movie in 2019 probably stem from the what's age the worst category, mm-hmm. which we'll get to obviously. But it would just have to be a more nuanced exploration of who she is and why she's like that. It would have to be. But there was criticism of that at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, oh, yeah. Think oh, yeah. about oh, yeah. that. <laughs> People yeah. criticizing anything in 1987. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was impressed rereading all this stuff about how adamant Glenn Close was mm-hmm. that this had to be a human being. And it, it seemed like she was really attached to this character in a way that, like, she still keeps stuff from the movie. Yeah. And yeah. still talks about it. And I think is still really conflicted about it doesn't right doing the end, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the ending, which um, we're going to get to later. But they changed the ending of this uh-huh. movie. Yep. And I think it really bothered her. Yep. Um, I would say with, I mean, with all due respect to my favorite actress, Glenn Close. <laughs> um, really? Your favorite actress? I used to, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I had a notebook and I used to rank every week. My favorite actors and actresses oh, by gender, which I don't know that That's I would great. do now. Born to blog. Born, born to be a Grantlander. I, I would rank them every week. <laughs> and most weeks, I would just rate Glenn Close automatically. Like, whether I had seen her in a movie that month That's or week or not. She was just number one, number one, number one. Um, I also loved her. And I think that the thing about the ending is that sh- the movie isn't the hit that it was with a different ending. Because you couldn't, because part of the the sale of the movie was the ending. 
Right. It was her standing. It's her, like in the trailer. She at some point is standing in the bathroom with Ann Archer, and we can talk about Ann Archer I would at love some to. future point. I would but, love to. I mean, Ooh. it just it just sort of it, a different Man. ending. I know. I know. My eternal I know. Life. I mean, Ann Archer. I she to me, it's like a, a Penny Hardaway. You know, man, Tim Tebow's 2011, (laughs) like just wondering why, why, why she didn't make the hall of fame. I don't know know. what happened. It's astonishing. I don't know. But anyway, I I think that the, the, the ending is what makes her a star, right? I mean, the whole thing makes her a star, but there's something about like the movie selling her out and her being on board with at least the selling out of the character is but it she is, wasn't on board with it. Right. Well, I mean, but she shot it, right? Like, I mean, I'm yeah. not saying that sounds she like it took a lot agrees. of convincing though. I think it sounds it sounds yeah. like she fought it for but two she, solid weeks. But she's in but she's as she an, did it, as a performance, sure. she is in that moment. Oh yeah. And I think as a testament to how good she is, I mean, most people, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for most people, but I have I have been devastated by the deaths of two quote villains, unquote, mm-hmm. only twice in my entire life. This movie and Misery. They're the two movies where wow. the, the, the putative villain dies a horrible death. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am devastated for said, said villain. Um, and everything to do with that is with, has to do with the, the woman giving the performance. Totally. And Glenn Close, it's funny because you only ever see Alex alone. Maybe two or three times, and 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 every time you see her alone, Dan is somewhere in her in our line of vision, right? Mm-hmm. Except for when she makes the phone call to get the phone number after he, she's been dialing and dialing and dialing, he changes the number and she calls the operator and is like, or calls information. My place. Remember yours. calling information? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> she's calling information. And do you know what's a raid? Like this is the weird thing about this movie. What is a raid around her? as She's making this desperate phone call to the operator to get this new number. It's like, it's, she's got a glass of wine going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got a bag of half eaten Oreos. Doritos. There's and a, Haagen-Dazs. there's a pint Don't think of I didn't Haagen-Dazs. The snacker, eh? That's Tuesday night for you. It's it a normal <laughs> evening in the Ruben Levine household, I mean, folks. That's the judgiest <laughs> thing in the whole movie. That's yeah. the meanest yeah. shot in the whole, like all of those things. I will say we weren't worried normal about snack. anyone's feelings in the 1980s. So no. a lot of the arguments that would have come out of this movie, especially now in the hysterical Twitter era, um, Nobody was even thinking that way. You went to this movie and you're like, oh man, that guy made a mistake. Wow, he's really going to pay for it. I hope he can save his family. It was like Jaws. Like yes. at some point yes. when you're- Oh, that's the, a great The audience actually. is watching this and Glenn Close is now the, Jaws, the shark in Jaws mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Michael Douglas is Russ Scheider trying to get his way out yep. of it. Yeah. I think- That's a disturbingly great comparison. I think nowadays there would be this whole mental health argument that sprung up for it. Yeah. But I also think her killing the bunny would work against her in some things too. It would be, it would just be more complicated and people being so upset that she killed a pet. Terrible. And yeah. people care about pets more than human beings. Well, that was a thing at the time though too, right? Like, I mean, people were actually, when he puts, when she throws acid on his Volvo, mm-hmm. I can remember in the theater as an 11 year old kid, he puts the be- the the rabbit down. Near the on, acid. Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in the theater's like, oh, I know. Dad, pick up the, Read it in the fumes. Up. It's very alarming. I remember thinking. I was more upset about, about the Volvo. I really, I like those <laughs> early 80s car. Volvos. Were really yeah, nice. But this is a movie with two car, cra- two, two destroyed cars. 
Can we talk about Michael Douglas's incredible 1985 to 97 run really oh, quickly? Boy. Yeah. You yeah. know how I feel about Michael oh, Douglas. He's not to be This talked. is a 12, 12 and a half year run. Romance in the Stone, Jewel of the Now, Fatal Attraction, Wall Street, Black Rain, War of the Roses, Basic Instinct, Falling Down, Disclosure, American President, Ghost in the Darkness, The Game. Strong. Nobody yeah. had Nobody. a better sense of reading a script in the bathtub at 1130 at night and being like, oh, this will be a hit. I'll do this one. Like mm-hmm. his batting average was the highest. Well, maybe Tom Cruise, but even I don't even think Tom Cruise had a batting Tom average like Cruise. that. To know what projects to do. Yeah. Oh, people were like this. I'll do it. Uh-huh. And then it was also like, who's his competition for those well, 12 this years? Is, this is right. for the imperiled American male. Well, what's interesting to me, I'm actually writing it. I've been, I don't uh, I know I've told you this. I've been struggling for like 18 months on this Michael Douglas thing that really is not, uh-huh. should not be that hard to do. In your book? <laughs> no, my book. My book has nothing to do with Michael Douglas. Okay. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> no, it's, I've been struggling with, I just wanted to write a very quick, simple thing about Michael Douglas. I watched all the movies. I determined, here's what I determined of Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is the, is the, Tom Hanks, we we sort of romantic, like we have this idea, this is classic American, right? Classic American delusion. We hold up Tom Hanks as the person, like as our everyman, as the person that we we actually, we think we are. But if you think about it, and not too hard actually, Michael Douglas is the person we actually are. We actually have been. Uh He's never the nicest person, the best person, the most decent person. Even when he's the president of the United States of America, he's still kind of, I mean, he's not an asshole, but he does a dickish thing to Sidney in the American president that's not cool. And he does a good job of being complicated. Right. But he, but he, but here's the thing. He's not acting like, do you know how some actors will act the complication? Like if you give Daniel Day-Lewis the part He'll he'll be acting. I mean, this is to take nothing away from how great Daniel Day Lewis is, but right. Michael Douglas has an effortlessness that you know the scene in Fatal Attraction where he he goes over to Alex's house and he chokes her, and then there's a shot. <laughs> yeah. I know he he do, he chokes Alex, wow. and she's on the floor. I think you said it so casually, right? Um, well, I mean, that's the sort of pernicious thing about yeah, this movie. It's, it's a thriller, and there's a there's a shot from the floor up to his face. Yes. And he, I mean, I don't know how, this is not acting at this point mm-hmm. for him. He is. He wants to kill her. He wants to, but not only that, but it's that dumbfounded look he has like, oh my God, mm-hmm. what am I, what am I doing? Well, the other thing is when he, when she comes to his office mm-hmm. after the suicide attempt. Mm. In the leather trench coat. And he oh, kind of sees her and he has those shoulder pads. That coat. And the way he handles <laughs> that scene, that's why Michael Douglas had such a great run. Right. Because he can be the guy who just strangled you, but he could also be the guy who's like, oh, fuck. Hey, let's go in my office. Let me give you your post-suicide attempt hug. And um, yeah, okay. Please never come here again. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. Yeah. To, to Wesley's point, he's... The reason that that shot of his face stands out so starkly is because that is one of the only moments in in this movie, despite all of the oddities and, and horrors at play, where it feels like he has moved beyond the bounds of normal behavior, whatever mm-hmm. normal would look like mm-hmm. for him or for mm-hmm. any person. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even when he's transgressing, it's a thing that people do, right? It shouldn't right. be, but it's a right. thing that people do. That's something that is relatable. And he's a movie star, but he's relatable. He's smarmy and gross and you kind of hate him, 
but you're also sort of drawn to him. Oh he's my magnetic God. You're and more repellent. than sort of drawn. Yeah, he's magnetic and repellent Ooh. all at yeah. once. So Michael Douglas, attracted to him? Would you have made out with Michael Douglas? Yes. Never personally, yes. My to my taste, my mom, Wesley's like a top two or three movie star. Same for my mom, mom too. Up there yeah. with Harrison Huge Ford. Huge with the moms. Harrison Ford, Michael Douglas, and Richard Gere. Harrison Ford was the guy you married. Michael Douglas was the guy you had the affair with. And then, <laughs> Well, this is the thing about Michael Douglas's stardom, right? Like, there, it, he could either be a lawyer or he could be an electrician. It could go either way. Or he could be Gordon Gecko. Or he could right. be, right. I mean, that's sort of more Or he could be the bad boy cop. Thing. See, I always felt like when he was trying to be the bad boy cop, like in Black, Black Rain, Rain or even yeah. Basic Instinct, it was yeah. like him trying to push mm-hmm. against the I'm kind of the toothless, imperiled American male who things work out. Right. Um, but even his obsession with 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 Catherine Trammell, with Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, is that same kind of vulnerability where he has crossed a line and he has a moment in his in his persona where he's like, oh, shit, I think I'd. I'm I'm in some territory that I did not understand yeah. I was in. That's key though, because right. for him, the oh shit moments tend to stem from a place of self-preservation. Yes. Not a sincere moral. Oh insight no. Oh no. At no. all. And that's part of the appeal. That's right. part of what makes and, it. But the to women, watch. the great thing about him and women, though, is that he has never taken apart with a woman who didn't always have some upper hand. Mm-hmm. And True. what he needs Catherine as a Turner star, too in Romance right. Stone. What he needs as a star is a movie that's on his side. Because he he's such an interesting star because he doesn't need as a, as a star to win any scene or any fight because he knows and he understands the misogyny of, of the movie-making apparatus. He knows the movie's always going to have his back. He knows no movie he stars in is ever going to let the woman have the last word except for The War of the Roses, which their friend directed, Danny DeVito. Well, and then it's funny. Goldman wrote a whole chapter about Ghosts in the Darkness, <laughs> that, a movie that he was really attached to, and then Michael Douglas became The involved. one movie he shouldn't have made. And then he decided, I'm going to be the star. Right. Now, this was 12 years into his epic run, and that was the first time he's like, I'm actually, let's cater the movie to me. Right, right. Instead of, Africa. this movie works. <laughs> yeah, he just was miscast. Uh, I had this written down. We might as well ask it now. We don't have a Michael Douglas in 2019, or do we? Who no, is it? Oh, there's no Michael. Have we had Douglas? one since? No, no. Who would? No. Who should have? Who should have studied? You remember Will Smith? How I he- was just about to say Will Smith could have taken this turn. Will Smith. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. It didn't happen. Obviously, Will Smith had other priorities. Who would you have wanted to be Michael Douglas in 2019, Mel? This is tough. Like, could this have been Chris Evans if he didn't go the superhero? No, we don't know. No, because he's too typically leading man. We also, I'm sorry, this is perfectly obvious to say, but we don't have sex anymore. We don't have sex. Nobody's fucking. There's no fucking. <laughs> have you watched Euphoria? I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's all happening on TV, man. Okay, but it yeah. uh but yeah. the, it's it's pretty it's dark. Fucking with punishment, right? <laughs> And there's no- That's on the poster. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody is embodying sex, right? Nobody is, nobody is accidentally, Michael Douglas is not the embodiment of sex or sexiness. He's a, the thing that makes him like such an appealing movie star is he is always taking parts that put him in, our, in, in environments that normal men find themselves. You know right? who it is on TV? Not in the movies. I will not go so far as to say it on the movie star level, but it's Dominic West. 
for TV. Oh, oh God. I like it. I, I like, like it. Like, literally, it's a poor in the man's affair. Michael Douglas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. That's an impoverished man's Michael Douglas. <laughs> uh, we that should mention sucks. Adrian Lynn, the director, because yeah. you talked about how nobody has sex anymore. That might be one of the reasons Adrian Lynn isn't exactly red hot these days. He dabbled. This is my mom's favorite director, which should tell you a lot about oh. my mom. And my I knew I loved her for a reason. Yeah. Her favorite movie <laughs> ever is Nine and a Half Weeks, <laughs> which I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but she, he Amazing. made that movie. He made this movie. And then Unfaithful with Unfaithful, Diane Lane, yeah. which- Indecent Proposal. I, indecent Proposal. Yeah. He dabbles in the, I shouldn't have sex with this person, but mm-hmm. I did. And now I'm dealing with the ramifications of it. It's mm-hmm. a big Adrian Lynn theme. Yeah. And, yeah. a big, and a personal favorite of Mallory's Wait, sex, for pop culture. This, the, the sing sex he also has, has said was inspired by a real moment in his life. Really? I mean, yeah, that's out I, there. It's yeah. fascinating. Uh, also, but, <laughs> but think about like, just to talk about the excellence of this movie and like the kind of person that Adrian Lyne is like where he. Is it Lyne or Lynn? It's Lyne. Okay. My bad. I didn't notice. Uh, <laughs> thought it was Lynn. It, so he. Lyne. Adrian Lyne? Yeah. But, but the thing about him is he's not very deep, right? Like and so there, he came up in this in this TV commercial making era, right? Like he and the Scott brothers, Tony and Ridley. Yeah, they mm-hmm. these are not sophisticated, like thematic or or ideological or sort of moral filmmakers. They're right. just really great. Not just, I mean, it's so much of of what's great about them, or can be great about them when they are great. Is they're really great about understanding how to build sensation and like to 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 mm-hmm. like build pleasure and build a movie that is going somewhere to make you as happy as or as like to to get the most out of an audience right. as as a, as a movie can get. Right. Do you think he cares about morality? No. I mean, Cause, well, cuz my get my my take would be not really. I think he just cares more about conflict. He also made that Lolita that Showtime Lolita with That's Jeremy right. Irons and um Oh God! What was that? What's the woman's name? Dominique Swain. Dominique Swain. Oh, look at you! Yeah, I said Adrian <laughs> L- Lyne's name wrong, but I got Dominique Swain. Big um, Lolita scholar so over here. This movie got a lot of Oscar nominations. Yes, Six. Best Picture, Actress, Supporting Actress, Our yeah. Girl Ann Archer, oh. Director, Screenplay, Editing. Um, All the right ones. All this, the right ones. This shocked me. It was the highest grossing film of 1987. Yep. It made Incredible. 320 million dollars. $14 million budget. Uh, $14 budget. million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, the best actress that year, just going through this quick. Cher! Cher wins for Moonstruck. Cher! Glenn Close. <laughs> Holly Hunter for Broadcast News. That was a great, it's the best, best actress here. Meryl Streep for Ironwood and Sally Kirkland Sally for Kirk- Anna. Anna. I don't remember never, that movie. Yeah, she's Sally man, Kirkland. man, that is a, that is a murderer's row. Cher great. winning that. I don't know if that would happen again. I actually think Holly Hunter would win again if we did that over again. Mm, no? I don't know. I feel like everything worked out the way it should have, right? Okay. Because and yet Glenn is still waiting for her her I know, Oscar. Just don't even. Um, I'm sorry. Oh God. Yeah, it's tough. So, <laughs> Roger Ebert. Oh boy. Two and a half stars. Oh boy. What's his issue? He said, "Fatal Attraction is a spellbinding psychological thriller uh-huh. that could have been a great movie if the filmmakers had not thrown character and plausibility to the winds in the last minutes to give us their yeah, version of a grown-up Friday the Thirteenth." I knew you would like that fair. take. Interesting. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. So what? how many stars does he give it if they don't change the ending? He said it's a shame that the film's potential for greatness was so blatantly compromised. Give it three stars, Roger. It's, it's a fucking Blatant? good movie. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down with your blatantly compromised. Um, hmm. Let's take a break, and then I want to talk about one of the most famous reshot endings ever. 
Hey, everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. Here are some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the U.S. die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes, even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades. Drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet. You get arrested, incur huge legal expenses, possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent it? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver. Call a taxi. If you know somebody who's been drinking, take their keys. Arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequence of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure you're wrong. If you think it's no big deal, drive sober or get pulled over. All right. So I'm not sure how many people know this. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people do. I didn't know until the Laserdisc came out. And then somebody wrote about it. And then I think he just said laser disc. Laser disc. <laughs> Was that what it's called? Yeah, of course. I just then, haven't heard that word in a while. I think sh- I want to say Showtime ran the movie with the, and they ran the deleted ending after. And it was the first mm. time I'd seen it. And it was like somebody took the top of my head off, took my brain out and spun it around and yep. put it back in. So they spent 1.3 million reshooting it. And why they reshot it was the original ending. And you can see it because there's the seeds of it in the movie. Yep. Oh, when he yeah. goes to kill her, he decides not to, and she comes at him with the knife. Right. He disarms her of the knife. Touches it, gets those fingerprints all over close it. Close up of the knife. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Also, the the Madam Butterfly yep. plot, yep. which yes. is overt foreshadowing for right. the ending that they originally filmed. So what happens, she kills herself with the knife and makes it seem like Dan murdered her. The police show up at his house. Mm-hmm. He's Take like, what's life. going on? They're like, where were you last night? He was like, I went in Alex. What, what happened? She's dead. I, you don't think I killed her, did you? It's like, well, yeah, actually we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the apartment was a mess. Your fingerprints are everywhere. We kind of think you might have murdered her. Oh, man. And then the wife, the great Ann Archer, mm-hmm. runs up to the attic to find somebody's phone number, mm-hmm. sees the Play Me Alex tape that she leaves in the car, puts it in, mm-hmm. plays it, and it's Alex saying, I'm going to kill myself if you don't, blah, blah, blah. She grabs the tape, runs out, and we're supposed to think he got off. Right. The test audiences saw that, and they were like, what no. the fuck? Yeah. Right. They wanted her no. to pay. No. Yeah. I hate this. You we have to are, fix But this. we're a capitalist punishment society. Like, the only justice that we feel is served in a movie like this is to, like, be able to cheer for the demise of— of the person we But think at the is hands the of who? That's the thing. Right. They wanted the wife dies, to kill her. Right. She yes. dies in, in both endings. It's about who's right, in control. I, right. But it's the, about the capital US punishment agency. part is the thing that I'm that I'm talking about. Like Alex's choice to kill herself is not satisfying because we are bloodthirsty people right. who want moral justice. And the only moral justice, like in a scenario like this, is for Ann Archer's character, Beth, the wife, to 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 do the killing. Um, FYI, cheering in the theater when I saw this. Yeah, I can sure. believe cheering and when Archer I saw kills. it. That's yeah. sort of what upset me the most, right? Because I I did not feel what the audience felt. I mean, I did. Was sobbing a, in the theater. I am. <laughs> like that in misery, just open tears. And I can remember feeling so alienated from the response to Alex's being shot. Right. And I just was like, there must be something wrong with me. So Glenn Close said, she fought against it because she thought her character would self-destruct and commit suicide. She fought against it for two weeks. She said, I wasn't playing a cliche. I was playing a very specific, deeply disturbed, fragile human being who I'd grown to love. 
But she does agree that um, the film would not have been as successful because she thought it gave the audience, quote, a sense of catharsis, a hope that somehow the family unit would survive the nightmare. You agree with this? I just think it's it's fascinating to consider it from all three primary characters' point of view mm. or to look at the, each of them as a lens right. because Alex is the most consequential figure to consider, but it's also about Beth and, and specifically about Dan and the fact that audiences cared so much more about Alex being punished or right. having to yep. pay mm-hmm. than about Dan having to pay when he cheats and threatens his family We'll obviously discuss Alex's uh, psychology and behavior at length over the course of the podcast, but put that aside for a second, still has no interest in taking responsibility for the fact that he impregnated her. Breaks into her well, apartment. He said he would pay. Breaking an entry, yeah, for the abortion. <laughs> what not a guy. The child. What a guy. What a guy. I'll cut you a check right now. Breaking and entering, physically abusive. Breaking and entering twice. Yes. Assaults her, et cetera. This is not a person that, Audiences should be right. So this for. is so That's this alarming. is this is what I'm saying about the it's big, a tough one. This is this is why Michael Douglas never really had to be afraid of taking risks, right? Like he never had to be afraid of taking a risk because he, I don't know if he understood this, but I mean he's a person who grew up in the movies. His his dad is has Kirk Douglas. Like he knows. Well, he was also right. a really legitimately successful producer. Yes, yes. In the also, 70s yes, and early he 80s. He also understands what makes a successful movie. But Which I is, also think yeah. that just the inherent misogyny of the movies and the inherent misogyny of this culture make it really hard to think about the idea that Dan might also have a mental illness, right? That Dan might also be crazy. And it isn't it isn't just that this alleged crazy woman is making Dan crazy, but there's a part of Dan that gets unlocked by this affair yeah. that previously sure. had never been accessed mm-hmm. by all of the niceness and like what what is the what would the Ethan Allenness of of right. of the life that he's built with this other with this other woman. And I think the thing that's so electrifying about that moment where he they see each other at the party. He's a mark in some way, right? This is like a press. This is the beginning of a Preston Sturges movie that takes a terrible turn into Hitchcock. They meet at this party. She is clearly, she's obviously very, very. She's smart. throwing it out there, right? Well, I mean, think about what she wears to the party. Mm-hmm. She's definitely the hottest dressed woman at this party. I was going to mm-hmm. say the hottest dressed book editor in a long time, <laughs> and, well, and ever, right? Ever, 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 That's ever. Not exactly a Lolita industry. But if you think about, like, think about what Beth, Beth and Hildy, her best friend, who's played mm-hmm. by Ellen Foley, who was really a thing in the ni- yeah. late 1980s, and is just wonderful. Anyway, she, and, she and, and Hildy are trying to figure out what to wear to this thing. What do you think Alex's conversations were? Nope, got this. Mm-hmm. Showing up in whatever, whoever made that dress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's just something about that woman needing to connect to something and she knew like in the way that I have I know as a person who, who's picked people up I kind of know oh my god yes I, <laughs> I'm I I can I, I can kind of for for my purposes I can tell what what I'm gonna get in mm-hmm. some ways or like or like what I want or what I think is happening with this person right and she sees this dude sits next to him smooth but not really that smooth Oh no, a she, little awkward, yes, and she's yes. like, "This is somebody yep. I could ding, 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 could ding, definitely ding. control a little right. bit." Have Again, fun. he has cream cheese on his nose. She couldn't have, yeah. she couldn't have done this to Clint Eastwood. 
she could, I mean, it would have been an interesting challenge given, you know, Clint Eastwood having made Play Misty for me, which is a movie right. that comes we up have to talk about in that. the conversation around yeah. Fatal Attraction. But so to, to tap that theme from within the movie into the theme about how audiences perceive the ending, it's the same idea. Control is the key in all of it because the reason that people preferred or the audience wanted this ending and not the one that was originally filmed is because it allows you to basically say, okay, if I made these mistakes, I, I could, my life could continue. Mm. My life could mm-hmm. continue. This, I could close This is because men way. control Hollywood. Right. This, is, this is written and directed by two men. I just it's don't- It's like, thank God. It right. ends with- Thank God. They're in their nice little house in Bedford. They show the picture the, of the, the, the two The last the kid, shot is the family like, picture. thank God that lady's out of our life. Right. right. Yep. This was a This blip. all worked out. Yeah. yeah. This was a blip. I don't think it's a total blip for Ann Archer because I think about three weeks later, they're at dinner and she has two glasses of red wine and really lays into him <laughs> and maybe throws a glass of wine in his face and then they probably go on a hiatus. Right, because interestingly, so. like she is blameless in this, right? Like another, another oh, yeah. movie, like a more- more, a more hateful movie would have also blamed her for, I mean, it's true that if you were making a, some kind of feminist argument, like she, she doesn't work. Her job is homemaker and, and, and mom. Um, and she spends a lot of time in her family structure, right? Don't, don't you dare besmirch anything about Ann Archer in this movie. I, I can't. Hundred percent approval rating. It's she's not an possible. Icon. She's, she's the most traumatizing God. thing for this movie for me is that anyone cheated on Ann Archer. Right. Well, that's, and that was it's so but, upsetting. But what that, are you doing? But is that the, the thing that's satisfying about her incredible. killing Alex? Right. Yeah. Is that she is perfect? She's the perfect wife. She's utterly tolerant. She's sweet. And unlike a lot of these movie wives during, well, in the 80s, it was interesting because all the movie wives really were sexy. She's sexy. And it's not like, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery about why they're together, right? I mean, she obviously represents some ideal, but there's something kind of seedy and, and Michael Douglas has a quality that is not Ethan Allen at all, right? You know, she made There's, that right. home. There's no reason for him to stray. None. None that we can see, at least. Well, I think actually the there reason- There is a reason, though. Right, he's right. kind of a loser. Right. Well, well, but in terms, no, he's, but in he's terms not, of what- He's not cool enough. He's like, he can't believe he can get this book editor at the bar who's interested in him. I don't know. That's the I real reason. I think it's a class issue. What? I think there's, I feel like he does we never meet anybody in his family. Because I think that- like oh, you and, think he married into Michael a wealthier Douglas, family? Michael Douglas in movies never has parents. He has never had parents. Partly, it could be because like Everybody the only thing you're probably dad. thinking yeah. about Kirk Douglas. But I also think it would you would have to be able to explain how that person who looks like that winds up. Yeah, you just can't. This you is can't the affair with Dominic West. Wait, right? we got, we're way behind schedule. We got to get to the categories. <laughs> we're 45 minutes in. Oh my um, God. Categories, most rewatchable scene, Mallory's sink sex scene, go. Come on. I mean, this is obviously the winner, right? Well, we have more scenes, but- We can talk about all of them, but- Why, why, you were- You keep going. She was texting me freeze frame (laughs) pictures from the sink sex scene. (laughs) About Come on, break it down. (laughs) Break it down. You love the meticulousness of how they put the plates in the sink. What was it that really got it for you? It is so- weird (laughs) and 
riveting. Mm. You're like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. The things that they are doing. Oh, the water. Yes. The water. So, right. Plops her down on the sink. She turns on the water, reaches behind her, turns on the water. There are dirty dishes everywhere. She basically creates a bidet in the Mm -hmm. sink. Right, freshen it up a little bit, yep. splash in the water, getting clean, then changes the trajectory of the water, brings it around the front, starts putting it in his mouth. Hydration during yeah. sex, he, important. And his, his, the look on his face, the look on his face <laughs> during all of this sex. Michael Douglas makes the best sex faces in the history. Like, he could teach a pornography class <laughs> on, like, just reacting to having had hot sex with women. Yeah, he's very comfortable. Are we supposed to gather Ian Archer maybe not the most exciting sex, the the Beth Gallagher character? But we never Mm. see them have it, so we don't know. But clearly Alex Forrest has unlocked something. She's tapped into something. Yeah, in the in the this is a a separate Dirty Dishes and Water. (laughs) Separate sexual sequence, but the elevator blowjob. Yeah. You know, she's like, Have you have you done it in an elevator before? And he's like, Well, okay. Not in a while. You need to do this some justice. She is like, have you done it? <laughs> have, have you ever done it in an elevator? Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll bet you haven't. Yeah. And she like, so that's a much, great, that's great. So much about what's great about Glenn Close in this movie is physical. The way she understands and can, can command her space within a frame, the way she closes that elevator gate yes. is so hot. The Also, one of the things I love about it, the whole sequence from the, the dinner where they basically discuss calmly, rationally, whether they are going to right. have an affair. Can and I then the, some of the animalistic that? nature of the sex scenes themselves, <laughs> like that juxtaposition is really stark. There's I something very deliberate. I don't think dinner with anybody is a crime. And then she says, not yet. Yeah. With a laugh. Subtle. <laughs> Was that the one, are you discreet? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the same conversation. Yeah. Me it's too. actually great. Right. Yeah. I had that written down as a rewatchable scene because- it's great. So it's a complicated scene too for the rest of the movie because she's basically laying it out there. We're both adults. Mm-hmm. Let's have some fun. No strings attached. So when he says yes. that later, it's actually like that scene does set up. She's going, Oh yeah. Yeah. There let's, is an, let's have fun tonight and there'll be no repercussions. There is an understanding that they enter into. There's a it's a it's that's a, what the tension stems from. It's an unwritten contract. Yes. Right. The fact that he is basically stupid enough right. to believe that that's possible, to think that you could do that and that there wouldn't be any consequences, that you could just walk I away. I think this is why Michael Douglas characters never have any parents. It's because, <laughs> I do, I think it's because, like, you would just understand that the father probably, there would just have to be some explanation that the father would give to a Michael Douglas character about the situation a Michael Douglas character has found himself in. Mm-hmm. And I think in this movie, the dad would be like, let me tell you about something that happened in 1979. Yeah. There is the great moment when he visits Beth in the hospital after her car accident. And the and dad Beth's is in there. Yeah. Oh, I had like, that written yeah, down for what's totally age of Glaring at yeah. him like, that you been me. motherfucker. Yeah. That would have been me. Now, now that my daughter's dating, I'm, I plan on having that look at yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> back to the sink sex. Yeah. She's feeding him back the water. Back to the sink sex. This She's is why we couldn't invite Sean. Pouring it onto herself, <laughs> pulling like her shirt over. We're getting a little bit of like a wet t-shirt or wet white blouse action going on pulling her shirt off as it's drenched. Then they move. There's the great like 
let's kind of walk as yeah, we're walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're worried that they're going to fall. You're worried about their safety. They make it to the bed eventually. And then there is the absolutely iconic post-coital conversation where she compliments him on the sex, clearly satisfied. And he says, and I turned on closed captioning to make sure that I had this correct. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Like, yeah, yep. I wrote that down. He's so happy. Yep. That he. What does that even mean? I think it means that if he, if he had not brought her to climax, or the sex had not been good, then it wouldn't have been worth it to have the affair. But he feels good about himself as a man. He feels validated as a man and a sexual partner in that. I on demanded this movie, Mm. and didn't realize I on demanded the Ovation TV version of it. Oh. So they're about to have sex and then all of a sudden they're in bed and I'm like, oh no. Wait a second. <laughs> and there's an airplane version of yeah, this? Yeah, there's an airplane oh, no. version on demand. Why even Which watch? is probably the one I should have shown my daughter. Um, <laughs> Wait, can I just say one thing about yeah. just- the, More sync sex? Well, just that whole sequence, right? Because it isn't just, think about the, the thing that she unlocks in him and think about the contrast we're supposed to experience with his life with Beth, mm-hmm. which at this point is what, like 10 years old, maybe yeah. a little bit longer than that. He says how long Nine they've been years. married. Nine yeah. years, I believe. So yeah. she, they, they meet at that party. They meet at that meeting. She tells him about the bagel. His umbrella won't open. She gives him the umbrella. She goes, I know a great place. What did they do? Umbrella. How do they get to that restaurant? They fucking sprint. Mm-hmm. She is such a physical person. And he, like, it's irresistible. Even when she's sitting still, there's something about like a, her gravitational force that is yeah. pulling him in. Yes. So after that, what do they do? They go home. They're, they're cut from the restaurant when when she's like, we're two consenting adults. I don't see what the problem is. I don't know what the deal is. Let's just go home. They do it. They go home. They're doing the thing on the sink. He picks her up mm-hmm. and like grabs her ass mm-hmm. and carries her into the bedroom. When they're done having sex, he unpeels himself. It's like it's not. It's like no post-coital you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He has unpeeled himself from her, and the look, like the demented look of bliss on his face, is just classic Michael Douglas. Then she says, "How much energy do you? Have? How much yeah. energy do you have, MF? Because <laughs> yep. we're gonna go salsa she's dancing go. right the f yep. now. We're going out. Yep. And so she's like spinning him around in some salsa club, and." He is having the, t- he's like blown away. Then they get home and he's like, oh. No, she blows him in the know. elevator. The elevator yeah. Oh, the elevator. <laughs> then, right. Then the elevator, that great closing of the gate. She gives him the blowjob. They get to Tremendous. her front door and he's like, I got to go home. I'm totally wiped out. And right. she's like, the fuck you are. I got to go do Get in work. here, yo. Yeah. And she brings him back in. It's like his mind is blown in so many ways. And the thing that is annoying to me about this movie, the one thing is that, because I've been, I've, I've been Dan. I've never cheated, but I mean, I have been a person who just wanted to extract myself from a situation that I've like oh, okay. wrung every last drop out of mm-hmm. and have nothing left to give. Mm-hmm. And the thing about, about Alex is she's got boundless energy, right? And she is, she is insatiable, not just sexually, but for life. Right. This is a woman who has an appetite for being alive, which yes. is why I really don't buy the Madame Butterfly dismount. Yeah, um, that's fair. I feel like both those endings are a disservice to this character. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes her so seductive, not just to Michael Douglas, but to the world. Glenn Close became a star in this part because 
The performance is full of life. He likes uh-huh. Glenn Close. We have to keep She's going. She's great. <laughs> Another rewatchable scene. That was, that was as that riveting was a as a sink sack. It's a good oh monologue. My God. The second date at the park with the dog. Mm. He calls her. Eh, I got to go to work. Mm. Or I got to walk my dog. And she says, bring the dog. I love animals. Yeah. I'm a great cook. Awful. <laughs> it's great. Just the mo- it's maybe great. the most painful foreshadowing yeah. uh, in cinematic yeah. history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he decides… This person he had a one-nighter with, his wife is still away. She's staying in the country for an extra day. What could go wrong? I'm going to bring my dog, my my white lab, Quincy, on my park date with this mm-hmm. mistress that I met 24 hours ago. My wife thought this was a bigger violation than the cheating. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She yeah, was yeah. like, she was like, if you ever cheated on me, first of all, I'd kill you. But secondly... <laughs> If you ever brought like Willie, Willie over to the right. lady's house, then I would like mutilate you and kill you. The cheating is obviously unforgivable, but the justification for the cheating is, you know, the mind and the heart are not the body. Basically, that it is just about the fix and the thrill. That's why he wants to get out of there so quickly mm. because once you stay beyond that initial thrill, what is it? It's just real life. Anybody who's married knows right. that the thrill is very, very temporary. Talk about a right. blip. The rest right. of it is just right. Right. eternity, right? right? But when you bring the dog, when you bring your work, you're bringing your the life, <laughs> the heart of your life into this other person's realm. And then there are no more boundaries. Then you've lost the ability to say this was just this one moment in mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So- a couple other key points. You mentioned Glenn Close's sneaky athleticism in this movie. Yes. Great arm. Mm. Whips yeah. the dog. Like yeah. little yeah. sidearm, mm-hmm. but like with some velocity. She should have played catch in the natural at the end. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, for real. Better. And then he falls down. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks Fakes he's stars. having a heart oh, attack. Yeah. Incredible sprinting no, she, form by him. Yeah. Like really, no, this, this really good the, athletic the performance. The physicality of this movie is, is. So then she yes. makes, he makes the, uh, he, the heart attack thing. Mm-hmm. And then she said, my father died that way. Right. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, just kidding. He's alive in Arizona. Yeah. I'm out right there. I'm like, that's weird. I'm done. But oh, yeah. I'm cutting off all ties. Crucially, he, that yeah, was he finds, Yeah, that was a lie. Right. right. He finds but that the obituary. Just right. a weird moment. Right. Um, next rewatchable scene, Alex finally getting possessive after the second sleepover where she's hanging out in the in the bed and- her, her breasts are out, but then there's a side angle where the sheets are over them. Yeah. It's some bad editing, but she yes. start, starts getting mad. She kicks him. Uh-huh. And, and you get out! Tearing then, the shirt. Then leads to, Dan, I'm sorry. And then it's like, oh, she tried to uh-huh. slit her wrist. Wow, this is now, this is now turned. Yes. Tough. That is a really, really compelling and frightening five minutes. Yeah. Do you believe? Here's the thing. It seems abrupt by her. Yes. I was just going to say. Somebody like, who's that confident that's is that much you know, going on yes. and then just quickly, but who knows? The wrist slitting just, I mean, even even to my 11-year-old self, I'm like, oh, I'm watching a movie. I don't know. I think that's where, again, what does this movie look like in 2019 or what would it have looked like if it had been approached a little differently then? And again, I love the movie. It's incredibly entertaining. But that's a moment where you're like, I just need to better understand who this person is. 
and what is actually going on. Is there a mental illness? It seems so. Right. Well, yes. What yes. is the mental illness? At that illness? point, there's a mental illness. Well, right. but one of the things that's fascinating about it is that, you know, Glenn Close talks about how she took the script to multiple psychiatrists to make sure that the things that Alex was doing seemed true to form. Again, the writer, my, my favorite actress, just putting, like, just... <laughs> very diligent. The writer basically... James Dearborn is the... Yeah. I have a quote from him about this. He doesn't view Alex, his creation, as mentally ill, which I just think is, is uh, wrong. Well, you know what he sees her as then, a woman. Right. Here's well, what Alex this is, is. 32 years ago, though. Alex is emphatically not a monster. She is a sad, tragic, lonely woman oh. holding down a tough job oh, and a career thing. We're not even talking about the career thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Alex is not a study in madness. She is a study in loneliness and depression. Now, I would argue that those things are not mutually exclusive. And I'm sorry, they're also mental illnesses. I Look. We don't have to litigate this the, one. No, These, no, no. But the, but the thing that 80s did do that I think is really part of the sort of, the movie's sort of long-standing misogyny project, I think the thing, the 80s phase of it, which is women who work who also can't do anything else because right. it makes them crazy, like going to work. Look how CNN Archer is. Not all she does is make homes and, 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 and raise, raise a child, but- that like she's she's rational and sane and loving. There's nothing crazy about Ann Archer. And the thing that that springs her into action, the thing that springs her into action is the threat to her home. Right. When yeah. he puts her on the phone and he's like, "This this yes. is the line. This is Beth Gallagher. Mm-hmm. If you come near my family again, I'll kill you. Do you understand?" That was a really good Ann Archer. Beautiful. Like. <laughs> that is that is that is the thing that that woman yeah. who has no no professional career that's her livelihood her family that, is the career. that alex right. is fucking with um next rewatchable scene alex's real estate stop by Inc- i like how oh. this Incredible is shot stuff yeah it's really good with this with the camera on michael douglas oh, kind yeah. of walking in handheld <laughs> which was a little inventive for the 80s I, there, not a lot of people were doing that he, handheld. like move. a lot of this movie is in, handheld that got a huge gasp from my daughter. The tension As I said in that earlier, moment is I watched palpable. This, our daughter watched this with us, but I fast forwarded over the sex scenes. Um, Again, why watch that one? Is but... like, oh, yeah, oh, this went up a notch. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Is it and all going to unravel right there? How will they all react? Does and Beth then he, sense it? He goes back to her place. Right. So I would group, group those. Yeah, scenes I'm grouping those together. together. Yeah. Breaks in the iconic. I'm not going to be leading ignored, Dan. to the. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. <laughs> An amazing moment. Um, true. But why? Because whether or not you are sympathetic and empathetic toward Alex, regardless, that's a moment where you have to take her seriously. Right. And it's important that as a viewer, you do that. If you want to root for her, you're like, fuck yes. You will not be ignored. Take command of your life. Make him accountable. And if you just view her as more of a cartoon villain or this cartoon depiction of a deranged woman, which again is not how I personally perceive her, but I think is how plenty of people do, then you're like, oh shit, that's scary. That's a threat. That's something that he is going to have to reckon with. It's just such a perfectly effective line of dialogue. There's, well, there's whole, no way out of that point. Right. There, right. That whole speech is 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 kind of a it's kind of a feminist speech, right? Because I won't allow you to treat yeah, me like some slut. You, you can, can just bang, bang a couple throw, times and throw in the, in the trash. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. Chef's kiss. That is, I mean, she <laughs> is aware of the power dynamics. And I think that, I don't know. It's just, the movie is so fascinating because it's not that it's confused. It just isn't fully developed, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of the properties are there for a, like the thing that Gone Girl takes to like, takes 
way over the line, right? And and here we go. No, here not, we go. We're not, we're not talking about with gone the girl. Gone Girl slander. We don't like, yeah, we don't like your Gone Girl takes. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, we're you're banned from Gone Girl. <laughs> I do like as an entertainment. No, I think band. it's great. We don't want to hear your politics, Gone Girl thoughts. No, mm, mm. no. Anyway, I I do think that this movie, like uh, like one more pass, mm-hmm. could oh, yeah. have rescued this movie from not. It could have been the exact same movie, but with like like a little more. Alex goes to buy some milk time, mm-hmm. or Alex like has a girlfriend time. You know, like or some, doesn't, and then we un- better understand right, that, or that whole exactly, in her life. Exactly, yeah, exactly, totally. Um, next rewatchable scene: the bunny scene. Oh my god, it's Bill. just no. It's one of the most That's memorable. Literally, the number one pick for never watch again scene. <laughs> it's one of the most memorable thriller scenes ever. Mm. It led to <gasps> thirty plus years of jokes mm-hmm. about boiling bunnies. People are still making the joke. Yeah, the, it's it's <laughs> just it's going to live on forever. Yeah, unlike poor Whitey. Anyone who Gone acts crazy soon. in any way, uh-oh, watch out for your bunny. But it the, just became but a, a, a trope. But let's talk about the, yeah. the genius of the construction of that sequence. Right? It's great. There's a, lot of the, there's a lot in this movie that is just like sort of like tweaking your, it's like, it's like a joke on what it is. Mm-hmm. The, there's a literal pot that boils. <laughs> there, there is a kettle that goes off. Yeah. There is, a, she takes the kid to a, ro- the scene, the roller, the roller wait, coaster. Wait, 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 we yeah. gotta hold on. We, anyway. Yeah, we're getting so, to that. But, but <laughs> just that sequence where they come home and Ellen and the dog go one way, Beth and Dan go into the house. Well, also like going into your house that only you live in. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a pot boiling in the kitchen is just a terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, that's like Ann Archer's face when she first sees yeah. the pot. It's like, what? Wh- what is this? Why? Right. Yeah, the three people that live in this house were all just in the car. Yeah. Why is there a pot? Yeah. Um, and then the bunny and uh, poor Ellen. Ellen's still in therapy. It's awful. <laughs> Do you know My, uh, that they used a, a real bunny? Oh yeah, really? They did. Yeah, a dead one. Thank God, but they Apparently went to a smelled. butcher and got an actual bunny mm, yeah. to boil, mm. and it stunk, and that's part of why what Anna, Anna, Anna's face, face looks like, looks like that. <laughs> she can smell it. Mm. So my daughter, my daughter, who likes every movie, did not like this movie because of the mm. bunny, and was so upset by the bunny thing. And as it was unfolding, and little Ellen's running to the cage, Awful. and Zoe started going, "Oh no, oh no." <laughs> No. Yeah, it's tough. No. It's very tough. It was one of those for a minute and a half and then was like, why did you make me watch this? Mm. And just was devastated. It's perfectly constructed though because there's a juxtaposition between Beth's finding the pot and Ellen's finding the empty cage. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's and perfectly the energy done. of that and the, like the ramping up of the of the suspense is right. just perfect. I got and three more rewatchable scenes. Dan Dan tells Ann Archer. Mm-hmm. I just really like Ann Archer in this movie and especially her performance in this where she's like, remember that lady? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And she's just, you just feel so bad and she's still kind of with him Mm -hmm. until the, she's pregnant. And then she's like, all right, what the fuck? And and loses it. But I just think she's really good in that scene. Any threat to the family. Yeah. That's the pregnancy Um, is a threat. Ellen gets taken is really well done and really Mm. nerve wracking. That's an upsetting. Yeah. Jarring. Another juxtaposition. A little less tough to defend Glenn Close with that one. I mean, the, the child kidnapping, putting a six-year-old on a roller coaster. Yeah, it's why all do you, to defend. Why, she broke into their home and murdered their pet. Why she well, poured acid on his car? Wait, but but I mean, I actually would love she to sort of think child. about what what 
the point of that was. Of the kidnap or yeah. the bunny? Yeah. Well, it's I just like think they're, she's they're out two, of her mind. They're two sides of the same coin. It's that it's all about what the family unit represents. Right. Like her, because her distort, her like ability to sort of get in there and, and mess with it. The one thing right. that he won't give her. It's a power. It's a power thing. Yeah. Um, poor Alan. Last, uh, the Some new ending, the Alan. new ending's really compelling and it's, it's really good. I like, Oh, it's great. What about I like the, Michael, there's, ah, right. he comes in what about and the water we dripping. get there, the, the car ride with the tape. Play me. Hello, Dan. Are you surprised? This is what you've reduced me to. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well, you can't. Because <laughs> part of you is growing inside of me, and that's a fact, Dan. And you'd better start learning how to deal with it. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't. You that, don't like that? That's not rewatchable for me. Oh, I that love makes me that. so the uncomfortable. The tension of that. I is love like, that. Oh, it's so, man. it's so suspenseful. That's one of the best. This is a thriller. Okay. Yeah. I'll give also, you that one. I, I memorized a lot of this movie Speaks as a kid. Unhappy. But but that speech yeah. is just I mean Man. So what's great. most rewatchable? You're going to see your kitchen sink. I I wanna say the the sink sex. It I do think it actually is the ending, which is pretty wild that mm-hmm. the inarguably the most iconic moment of the movie, the ending, the tu- the knife, the tub, the bullet, well, is her- also the thing that people Hold against the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that there's something about that ending because also, you know, again, like the Hitchcockness of this movie is all on the surface. Yeah. Right? The devices, all the Hitchcock devices are right on the surface and all of the sort of psychological subtext of a Hitchcock movie is there except, you know, the psycho sequence that he's taking from mm-hmm. for this bathroom right. murder is, it's great because, well, I mean, as as movie making, it's great. Because, you know, she pops out of the water. So you've got a horror movie trope Mm -hmm. in a, in a sort of psychological thriller context. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she's not dead, but she, but she is, but she is now. It's also definitely a scene that whether or not you've seen the movie, you know exactly what happens in that scene. Right. mm -hmm. And there are are the, the psycho thing that it's an homage to is another one. Like there are only so many moments from a movie where you know exactly who the people are exactly what happens and exactly how it plays out, even if you have no sense of the rest of the film. I don't even know what the most rewatchable scene is. I don't either, actually. I, I don't actually have think one. this whole movie is rewatchable. Yep. It is. Um, yeah. What's age the best? Hydration during sex. Dan has the slightly no. flustered, <laughs> okay. uh, just everything Michael Douglas does with this guy, I just like. Uh-huh. I think it's yeah. a good character. Yep. I get him. He won the Oscar that year for Wall Street, but I wonder. Yeah. What I a wonder. year for him. Ann Archer, I have her written down just as what's age the best. I have yeah. Ann Archer's Man. 80s hair. Oh, yeah. the, so the perms hair, in this movie. But her <laughs> oh hair, God. her hair works. The most of mm-hmm. the mid-80s hair is really, really bad and yeah. kind of reckless. Even yeah. I was watching Beverly Hills Cop the other day and reckless. Lisa Ilbacker, <laughs> oh, yeah. who I love, yeah. Jenny Summers. Even her hair, it's like you just wish somebody had talked to it's somebody too much. about. Yeah, it's too much. But Ann Archer, it actually, I thought it looked. There's great. a softness to it, and there's a scene where during the during the real estate drop by, yes. mm. where they where where Alex is leaving the house, and your hair are like both hair, it's hair on is hair in the, is in the same scene, and you're just like, I don't know who the stylist was for this movie, but keeping keeping Alex all in white, everything Alex does and wears yeah. is white. 
and except the initial black dress, except the the, the, the inciting the black dress. Yeah. Well, right. so they said, didn't they say in the casting? She just showed up and her hair's normally like that. This it wasn't isn't... intentional. Glenn Close. Well, mm. she, she has that crazy. My daughter has hair like that too, where if, if she doesn't straighten it out, it just goes. But nuts. that was what was intentional about it. She has talked about this, letting it go wild because she felt that it would fit the character and be mm-hmm. an expression of that sexuality and yes. that rage. It's great. Um, it's great. Their house in Bedford is spectacular. The real estate in general, yeah. period. It, that is like. In in Pearl if you're gonna Parliament's live in great. the country and like you know that part of Connecticut or that part of New York, like that's like the house you have in your head, mm-hmm. the big front yard Beautiful. and just white picket fence, all that stuff. Um, I love the early '80s Volvo. I love that car. Yeah, nice stuff. safe car, good yeah. one if you're oh. like 17. Your yeah. first car. It's my like first 10 car years was a, uh, my yeah. dad's hand me down Volvo. You crash that thing and just bounces off a wall. Two hundred sixty thousand miles. On <laughs> yeah, thing. those cars were great. When Beth gets into that car accident, is she driving a Volvo? She's too? in a Honda Accord. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Another great car. The boiling bunny joke has aged the best because oh, we've been getting thirty years out of that. The meat district, which was really like that. The meat packing district. The yeah. meat packing district. Yeah, that's where Alex where, lived. Um, it really was. There was just meat and it was a weird place to live. And it became, <laughs> it, in the late 80s, became like this real estate slash bar inefficiency place that people started to go to. And I remember going there with fake ID when I'm 18 and we're like, what is it, this place? And There's also like the meat? movies figured out that like you, you as a viewer would feel this way. Yeah. So many movies wind up there, totally. you know, with the sweaty streets and- I have the the dads. You're such a fucking asshole. Face to Dan in the hospital oh, yeah. is just the best. And then uh, well, he, just seeing Playland in a movie made me happy. <laughs> I had a lot of good times at Playland. I think the uh, most rewatchable scene, if I had to pick one though, it'd be her. It her in the elevator. I think is great because it mirrors the the sequence where she's in the parking lot and walks away, which mm-hmm. is something just out of the Matrix. Yeah, and then. But I think that the the initial conversation they have about what like where like oh, she, they end up having where dinner. she basically lays it all out for him. That is a great scene. And he he has to react to it. And she has to be very, for lack of a better term, sane. She what else to, do you have for what's age the best? Anything else? Just in general, the casting. I think especially mm-hmm. given yeah. the fact that there were so Tell me who many. else was up with so many, like really an astonishing number of people oh, in contention for these roles. The fact that they landed on Michael Douglas and Glenn Close and Ann Archer, it's just the chemistry there is is perfect. It's hard to imagine the movie with anyone else. So I'll just do casting what ifs now. They did not want to cast Glenn Close. The producers, Sherry Lansing and Stanley Jaffe. Oh, Sherry. Both had <laughs> serious doubts that they could she could be sexual enough. Right. So she let the hair go wild. Huh. Clicked with Michael Douglas, I would, which I don't think it was that hard to click with Michael Douglas. He mm. seems like a walking erection for about 15 <laughs> years there. Um, so, um, Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. What? Audition for the role of Alex, but, but got passed over. Thank God. Because if they're in this movie <sighs> together, we don't get that. basic instinct. It's a, it's a good what if. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a different kind of movie. She I have... actually think the character needs to be older. Sharon yeah. Stone was in her 20s still at that point, I think. Yeah, it has to be. Um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work with, it has to work with a person who's Michael. Like, the, think about this. This thing doesn't happen now. Like, this, the version of this movie now is like Harrison Ford and Emma Stone. Right, like these two people are the same age, yeah, Yeah. and that real are very close in age. It really, really matters that they're peers. Mm -hmm. Who else? Who knows if this is true? But apparently, Sally Field, Mm -hmm. Kirstie Alley, and Emma Thompson were all considered. Mm -hmm. Whoa, Emma Thompson's a good one. Sally Field, Elizabeth Shue. 
I didn't believe that one. I looked that one? up. She was like 22 when that Sally came out. Sally Field. I don't. She, this is why it's half-assed internet research. Sally Field could have done it, but you, she couldn't have done it with Michael Douglas. I don't. I don't think she could have flipped the switch and been crazy like Carrie that. Fisher. She, she was Sybil. I mean, with like, Carrie Fisher would have been. We're, interesting. we're doing Fisher? a number on on mental illness right now, but she was. She Sally Field could definitely have found one of those Sybil personalities to do Alex Forrest. Do you know my Sally Field take? No. What is it? Sally Field and Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, top this is five, mine. Top this five mine. hottest ever in a movie. Oh my God, ever. 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 Burt, but, but she, she walked in right now, I'd be like, I'd see you guys. I'll see you guys later. I'm but like, it was done. a Burt Reynolds thing everybody. because she ne- nobody ever brought that out of her ever Oh my again. God, she was great. Burt uh, Reynolds. This one's going to floor you. Turn down the Dan Gallagher role, Christopher Reeve. Yep. <gasps> yeah. Yep. <sighs> what? Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it either. Oh, no. Never no. really felt like a huge sexual thing with because Christopher the, Reeve. Because here is the thing. Like, it's not a moral movie. It's not a movie about the struggle about whether to have the affair. Christopher Reeve would have needed right. a scene where he's, like, really thinking about whether to have the affair. It's not like that. It's all spontaneity, and it's all, like— Physicality. Like, split-second yeah. rationalization, and Michael Douglas can do that with just one reaction shot. You don't need a scene. Considered, he can do it at the table. Considered for the role of Beth Gallagher, but did not get it, Andy McDowell. Yep. Oh. Did you see the the rumor that? By the way, she ended up being Ann Archer's market correction. Yeah. That's yep. Right. Your That's favorite true. thing. She took all every every should, Ann Archer. Ann Archer part. should have been in Sex Lives of Videotape instead of Andy McDowell. Oh yeah. That was God. it. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what happened. What Groundhog happened? Day could add Ann Archer. Oh my God. Every, yeah. Any shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That might be the Ann Archerist, not Ann Archer part of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Market correction. Market totally. Another market great correction. Wesley. That's idea. a great. What about Brian De Palma signing on and then not wanting to do it unless they got rid of Michael Douglas? Yeah. So they, they chose Douglas over Brian De Palma. And <laughs> John Carpenter was the next choice. Yeah, that's amazing. But thought it was too close to play Misty for me. Oh. And didn't like the ending, which they ended up reshooting anyway. Oh, well, can I just say, like, while we're talking about didn't like the ending, the thing about Adrian Lyne doing this and De Palma not doing it is think about the, the reason these movies, all of the movies that came after this movie don't work, the reason they don't work is because think about the number of violations that it has to have, Alex, that, it, that it like has Alex Forrest do. And another, and all the other From Hell movies, there's like two things that are wrong that like she does that like mess with the audience. I still, I still think the Volvo is worse than the bunny. Oh, it's a fucking on. bunny. You get a bunny anywhere. But let's just start. It's a living creature. Yeah. It's a part of their family. Come on. She slits the she well, slits her wrist. She kicks him out after basically saying that she's disappointed that they can't hang out anymore and he has to go back home to his family. Yeah. She drops in and makes the real estate visit. The Volvo and the acid. The she leaves him the play me tape. Also, just throughout all of this, constantly calling, showing up at his office, calling, calling yep. him, trying to get his number the after bunny. he changed Kidna- it. Follows, in, follows him home to the house. Mm-hmm. Kidnaps the kid, boils the rabbit, and then shows up at the end. You have like nine to 12 incidents by which you can root against this woman if you are so inclined. Of course. And no other movie in the history of the Blank from Hell movie has given you that much grist for for just either exasperation, suspense, or just first of all, 
I I really don't appreciate your slander of the from hell genre since it gave us <laughs> Sleeping with the Enemy, Single White Female, and Hand That Rocks the Cradle, three of the greats. But think about the- Sleeping with the Enemy, the first 25 minutes, I will stand by for the rest of my life. Laura! <laughs> Laura! Laura! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is an amazing movie. <laughs> oh, Patrick Bergen. But I do think that- <laughs> I just feel like they're like the reason this one works in the way that it does is that as you pointed out, they and I hadn't really deck. thought about they stack the deck and there really are only three locations for this movie, yes. pretty much. Um hold on, we gotta do what's age the worst, but one more brick. Hey, have you heard about the new Netflix original series, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance? Oh yeah. Returns to the world of Thra with an all-new adventure. Based on the Dark Crystal, Jim Henson's groundbreaking 1982 feature film, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, tells a new story set many years before the events of the movie through classic puppetry with cutting-edge visual effects. These are things you like, Mallory. Love. The world of Thra is dying. The crystal of truth is at the heart of Thra, a source of untold power. Damaged, corrupted by the evil Skeksi. A sickness spreads across the land. I could keep going. But the characters in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance will be voiced by a star-studded cast, including Mark Hamill, Simon Pegg, Taryn Edgerton, Andy Samberg, Kate McKinnon, Helena Bonham Carter, Natalie Dormer, Eddie Izzard, and more. Watch The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance on August 30th, only on Netflix. All right, what's age the worst? You'll be happy for this one, Mallory. (laughs) Dan Gallagher... Hall of Fame terrible pet owner. Mm. Here are some of his sins. <laughs> Left the dog alone for 18 hours. I mean, it's so it's if you do the math, I don't have a dog. He Is has, that bad? Jail him. He's oh, okay. he's at work. He's at work. Mm. Late meeting on a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Leaving in the rain, goes to get a drink with Glenn Close, leads to him sleeping over and being there. I'm going to say 18 hours that dog was alone, minimum. He even lives if he so left far house, away from where her house is. Even if he left Terrible. his house just for the Saturday, because it, it was a Friday meeting or a Saturday meeting. Saturday meeting. Saturday meeting. It was a Saturday. So let's say he leaves his house at three. He's still not home before like, I don't know, 10 o'clock. Oh, that yeah. dog's alone for 18 hours. Awful. Um, it's awful. Took his dog on an overnight date with a mistress. Mm. Terrible. Is that really Fed that's his, bad? Terrible. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dogs just, no. <laughs> Dogs have parents. There's they that have great loyalty. moment when Dogs Quincy is Quincy's looking out the window at the birds and he's like, help. You can just tell he's trying to communicate oh, with the outside world. He knows. That's my, a great observation. My dog that's Willie. That's a great observation. The best dog we've ever had, Willie. Mm-hmm. He sniffs new people in the house. Like he's just curious. And we were joking, like if I had done this on a date and oh, brought yeah. Willie, oh. Willie would have done like a lot of sniffing yeah. of Glenn Close, it would have ruined the mood. Um, <laughs> Dan Gallagher fed the dog spaghetti and meatballs oh, for yeah. dinner. Listen, that is like, hey, can you have diarrhea for four this days is, in our house? This was an outrage because <laughs> he <laughs> Adam and I paused the movie and talked about this. Spaghetti and meatballs. Who does that? I spend so much more time thinking about what my cat eats than what but I eat. Can like, I tell his you, diet is so important. You know what struck me about that moment? It was I, a, but it was a cover-up. Right, right. She, it, but, Beth left Dan yeah, the spaghetti yes. in the fridge, so he had to get rid of the evidence that yeah, he didn't eat it, right. that he wasn't there. But not only that, but think about, like, I don't know what Anne's deal is, but I'm going to guess she just opened a jar. <laughs> but no offense to her. 
because it's 1987. <laughs> it was just about convenience. Little ragu. So I but, feel like she's probably a great cook. I don't know. She's perfect. She's the perfect. She is woman. perfect. She maybe did make the perfect woman. Sauce I think she made it from scratch. But. Like, what an F you to whatever labor she put into making that meal. He just dumps it in that bowl. Or does he put the bowl on the floor? And then the, the last thing. He puts thing, it on the floor yeah, so that the dog needs it. That new, is not healthy for an, a dog. No, that's eat. diarrhea for four days. Then the last <laughs> thing was putting the bunny right next to the car that's yeah, that, burning acid smoke. Yeah, hey, I, here. I think, I think the so world upsetting. felt that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only thing that brings me peace when I think about the cruel end of dear sweet Whitey's life is that maybe, <laughs> maybe going out quickly like Whitey did, and we should note, I don't want to get too graphic, but you can see when the, the lid opens that there's blood, so right. we can presume that Whitey was killed before. before. Yeah. It wasn't boiled slowly alive. What kind of diseases is Whitey getting from being exposed to that acid fog? If yeah, Whitey he would have died lived? anyway. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, more what's age the worst. She... Glenn Close just lighting up the cigarette in the office meeting. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was weird. That was like, yeah. whoa. She, at some um, point, she stopped smoking, though. Did you notice that? Right yeah. around the time of the Oreos, the wine, the Doritos, and the haagen she's not a smoker anymore. Do you well, think it's because she's pregnant? Yes, I do. Oh, she knew right away? Yeah. I think it's because she's pregnant. Interesting. So, I didn't notice that she stopped. I had another she one stops. stage where Glenn Close is smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't. I mean, Tom Cruise is the worst movie smoker of all time, but Glenn Close. Yeah, she there. had other things to focus on, like um, turning on the sink. This one aged the worst, just because she says at one point, "I'm 36 years old. This might be my last chance to have a child." Well, now in 2019, you could be 48 years old. I gotta and have tell a child. you, I heard that, and I really, I could feel like physically inside my biological clock ticking. <laughs> Yeah. As I heard that, I could feel well, it. That, I mean, was, it I, that was a bad in moment. 1987, that I did not enjoy. like you, like in, in like, the way we thought of it, that. the way we thought about pregnancy in 1987, <laughs> yeah. like, 38. It's she over. had she had 10 seconds. She had 10 seconds right. to have this child. Not um, <laughs> elementary school pickup security in the oh, 1980s. Oh my god! <laughs> what was that? Hey, I'm here to pick up Ellen. Oh, she's gone. No, some, some crazy lady with a perm picked her up. Alicia, where's Ellen? She's gone. <laughs> also, everybody in the school knows that Ellen is gone. Everybody. All their parents, yeah, the crazy teachers, took her. administrators, students, everybody is, knows that Ellen's gone. This is a gone, real indictment of whiteness, no by the way. Yeah. This is a straight up the indictment Bedford of whiteness. school system. Like, just yeah. some, some white lady came yeah, to get her. Fine. It's fine. It's all right. Unbelievable. That was uh, brutal. <laughs> the uh, old school phones and slamming yes. phones down oh, yeah. and hanging up and having an operator just oh, yeah. feels like it was in the 18th century. Landlines. And I would just say the absence of technology, of modern technology in general, has really aged the worst. You put a doorbell cam up. You put a webcam up once and you've got her. When Dan goes to the, the police officer and he's like, well, uh, you know, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for a friend, uh, my client. Uh, and the officer says to him, well, you've got to basically catch her. Today, you do that in four seconds. You have the bunny right. on camera. Yeah. Or somebody is sliding into your DMs instead of calling your landline. Well, you your if, wife if you had cell phone and email, her craziness would have been, you know, pretty easy. You don't need that scrapbook to track. sequence anymore, right? Like, exactly. she's just got a Facebook account where it's all there. And then uh, the last thing I had for What's Age the Worst, this movie did completely rip off Play Misty for me, mm. which is a really good movie. It's probably one of the first. Rewatchable movies because it's well, like 1971. I watched it two years ago. I was like, "This is good." 
I mean, it's super dated in a lot of yeah. ways, but it uh, it it's doesn't... Clint Eastwood. Just Clint Eastwood's a DJ. Right. He has some caller who likes him, who starts following him. He Will hooks up with her. Misty for me. And then she just starts ruining his life. And it's actually, it's good because it's Clint Eastwood. Right. It's one of the only times he's kind of disarmed. By a, usually he could just be like, oh, I'll pull my gun out. I'll shoot you. Right, right, but, right, So right, it, right, that's right. why I like it because it's this weird side of Clint Eastwood. Pussy directed it. It's got great Monterey shots and Bay Area. And, um, it's a, it's a, it's good. The problem- but it's 50 years old right, though. It's old and it felt old like all, probably almost immediately. And it doesn't have any of this, like no. it doesn't have any of the like- sort of modern pleasure of like that fatal attraction is a movie about what it's like to be these people in 1987. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is very much of a piece with 1980s movie culture in terms of how single women are represented and how married men are represented in a city. Um, I'm curious, have either of you seen the original short film? No. Diversion. There's more. Well, this is an an adaptation of the screenwriter's original version, which I believe was a. Oh, it's because the credit is based on an original screenplay by James Dearden. Yes. So it was a British, like, made for TV movie? Mm. I think I might not have that right, but it was like a 50 minute version of this story. So I'm Mm. curious how, and it was years before, earlier in the decade, how much of the plot is the same and how much was amended for this movie. Hmm. What else know. do you have for what stage of worst? Anything? Uh, uh, only stuff that we've talked about okay. already. Just Dan's behavior and him not getting more, uh, being held more accountable and being more culpable and then just <coughs> the the representation of what actually is going on in Alex's life. Exploring. We have, we have a double that. winner hmm. for the best that guy, aka Joey Pants Award mm. and the Saul Rubinek They Knew Overacting Award. Oh. Both guys. goes to Stuart Pankin. Oh, yeah. Stuart Michael Pankin. Douglas's heavy friend. Yeah. Who's just Incredible dialed up. Guy. Dialed that, up that, for dinner 90 sequence. minutes. The dinner the sequence. The bowling. Yeah. Everything's yeah. just big and loud. Stuart and just, Pankin. It's so funny and they're at dinner and it's just like a laugh riot. And I love the way he brings the overacting ethos into the whisper scene in the law library. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason he wasn't allowed to move. The Deanne Waiters Award winner is going to surprise you. Okay. Uh-oh. Quincy, the White Lab. I thought it was an amazing performance yeah. by him. That's, Just a, that's a great one. You're going to pass White Lab. over Ellen. I, I, I think it's Ellen. You're going to pass I do think over it's Ellen. Ellen's in a lot of the movies. So is Quincy. So is Quincy, actually. <laughs> he might have more screen time than Ellen. Okay. Just, I'll, I'll consider Ellen. I think both, maybe they can share it. <laughs> They're asking a lot of Ellen. Quincy's given everything I want from a white lab. They're just, I've never had one. They're just these kind of dumb, loyal dogs that Aww. just like. Quincy's wonderful. Hey, oh, we're angel. going to the park. I don't care who I'm with. Hey, spaghetti and meatballs. Cool. <laughs> like, they don't judge. No. Oh, he They're, was judging. He knew. You I think he knew? Quincy. Oh, yeah. Did you ever stop to study the decorations in Ellen's room? Oh no, I've never done that. What, Dis- what's disturbing. It's just a lot of like a lot. There's this very uh, there's a, there's like, exaggerated story. in the new house. Yeah. There is this. There's this like an illustrated like it can't tell if it's a doll or like a self portrait of yeah, her, but yeah. it's hovering it's real, over her. It's in like a bed. long rectangular it's very setting. Yeah, I noticed that, but yeah. didn't put a lot of thought into it's concerning. it. Concerning. Uh, half-assed internet research. We've, yeah. we've done almost everything. A rich but text. We've hit a lot of it. Glenn Close said in 2008, men still come up to me and say, you scared the shit out of me. Sometimes <laughs> they say, you saved my marriage. Yeah. That's interesting at cocktail parties. Mm. Uh, this film was released in 1987, which coincidentally, according to Chinese Zodiac, is the year of the rabbit. That's right. Oh, shit. Um, initial title was Diversion. Oh, For the scene bad. when Dan pushes Alex into the bathtub, Close had to be dunked underwater more than 50 times. And? No. 
resulting in ear infections. No. And eye infections. No. Yes. 50 times? What is he, David Fincher? She was injured doing this. I would have gone with maybe four times. God, there's just, because you only get that one shot where like- Terrible. Oh my God. Wait, it gets worse. When he's dunking her? It does get worse. During the reshoot, she suffered a concussion when her head smashed against the mirror. And what happened? She was rushed to the hospital, discovered she was actually pregnant with her daughter. Yes. Oh, Annie was- was this is upsetting. During yeah, fatal attraction. This is amazing. upsetting. This is not great. That's uh, crazy. Still, the winner of who was mistreated the most in this movie was the dead bunny. Awful. War- um, no, not that worse than Glenn Close. She got an ear infection. <laughs> she had to be taken uh, to the hospital. Infection. That's very upsetting. At least the rabbit is dead. And then Michael Douglas was right. filming Wall Street at the same time, which yeah. I was, I'm always stunned when actors can do two movies. And This is wild. So did you read that he like alternated days of the week for which set he was on? Is that true? What an actor. Can that yeah. be true? Is that possible? That brings us to Apex Mountain. Mm. This was Michael Douglas's Apex Mountain. This movie comes out same year as Wall Street mm-hmm. and he wins the Oscar for Wall Street and- He's never been better and had more power or anything. No. This is the peak He's of got- an awesome career. Glenn Close, I'll let you answer that one, Wesley, as the what? number one Glenn Close fan. Uh, Apex Mountain for her here? Apex Mountain. Okay. I mean, yeah. in terms of like her commercial, it's the biggest movie she's ever been in. It's it's not the best performance she's given. There's any number of candidates for that. I would say the next year, the year she lost the Oscar to Jodie Foster for The Accused, that I think, like film performance wise, is is her great movie performance in mm-hmm. Dangerous Liaisons. Mm-hmm. Um, but was, I mean, she. You know sorry. my feeling about that one. No, I don't. It's it's an Oscar travesty. <laughs> you mean that it didn't win anything? Dan- that it not, lost a rain. Her man? not winning for Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, yes, is yes. outrageous. Her not winning. She, with all due respect to Jodie Foster in The Accused, she was Jodie Foster really good in The Accused, but but Glenn Close. That was one of those you left the movie theater and you were like. Close to Malkovich. Oh my God. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Glenn Close. I remember where I saw that movie. We left. We were like, what just happened? That was (laughs) amazing. Also the best last, like in terms of an, in terms of a performance closing a movie, Mm -hmm. that is one of the greatest performances to end a movie I can think of. Apex Mountain and Archer, not just for her career, but, um, gotta be for my love other than my daughter and my wife. Um, just maybe your, my your third favorite female ever. Person. Maybe yeah. Mallard. Maybe your third. <laughs> Thank you. Um, top five. Just what a performance. Well, she's incredible. You know Oscar why now. she was so easy to market? She lost to Olympia Dukakis, by the way, which, I mean, to be fair. Oh, that's, come on. No, that's, that's, the, that's your winner. I love you, Ann Archer. Yeah. But Olympia Dukakis and Moonstruck is. This is Beth Gallagher. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> if you just... ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. She's Do you best. understand? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Do you understand? It's like this weird English accent. I love uh, the way that she like puts on her like evening moisturizer it's in just, the mirror. That's actually the it's kind just of the sexiest moment of the movie. Uh, good, cool. Great underwear. Isaac's nodding. Yes. <laughs> great underwear. But the other thing about She's, like think if oh, they the had best. switched she could parts. Bowl. Think if they had switched parts. If C- Glenn Close the movie doesn't work. Because I you're can't. like run away with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is um, so <laughs> captivating. No, no, no. I I'm with you. Apex mm. Mountain, Bedford, New York. I say yes. Um I don't know. I'm just throwing that. Beautiful Psychotic female villains. Hmm. It's it's it's, oh, the, it's the movies. There's so many to choose from. It's definitely it has its coaching tree now. You know, a lot of other movies are in this mold and in this template. And I, you know, to your point earlier, maybe not. Maybe that's not a good thing. But it definitely continued um, to inspire well, a generation. I think of a, it's only not good because the movies 
that 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 deal with this as a as a character as a personality trait don't have the sophistication to really do it and the actors aren't good enough don't besmirch chain that rocks a cradle or single with all female. with all due respect to the uh, well Jennifer Jason Lee, I would say, understood. That movie she, was good. She, under, she was on a different planet. Also in the running for Alex. Right. According to no. one of the many rumors. Yeah, According to one of the many rumors. The more, that, the, the more names that keep coming, there clearly was only yeah, one choice. I mean, there are 60 names. It's it's Like if you were like, you know, Bette Midler was up for, I don't know. Like, she might have been. Right, but. <laughs> Glenn Close is the only Sing. person. She had no competition as far as I can see. Uh, we got to move. Pick a nits. Hmm. What about what about Apex Mountain for the director? What do you think? He had so many hits, though. I mean, yeah, it's the best movie he ever. It's the yeah, best it movie is. as a movie. He was nominated Adrian for best Lyon director had ever made. Yes, and I'd say yes. This was also just a. It was on the heels of Nine and a Half Weeks, so it's like the closest concentration of his best films. What about really cool elevators where you have to like pull <laughs> yeah. them down? Is it this or is it uh, Unfaithful? It's this. Okay. It's this because she had com- complete command over that elevator. I just I can't get enough of that shot. That it's like great. just meme that when you've got something when you when you've got this. <laughs> yeah. Just have this, Glenn Close thinking close about your this movie gate. in the meme generation is like pretty exciting. Yeah, mm. there would be some incredible, some great memes. ones. Yep, picking nits. Oh boy, there are a lot. <laughs> Let's go. At what point should Dan have realized that Alex might be a lunatic? Here are the five nominees mm. during their first drink. <laughs> At the dog park when she lied about, when yeah. she was like, oh, my dad died that way. I'm just kidding. Um, the hissy <laughs> fit when she tried to leave. Mm. The uh, unfortunate suicide attempt or the M. Butterfly invite at the office. At what point on that checklist is he like, oh, God. Because I'm going with the dog park. Well, he claims Madam Butterfly. So I would have been like, I'm out. That's weird. Remember the story that he tells mm-hmm. about Madam Butterfly? Mm-hmm. The Madam Butterfly story, like the thing that sort of bonds them to each other in some ways is that this opera means something to both of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the, like he mentions a parent in this movie and it's, it's father took him to see Madam Butterfly. Again, this is set up for the ending that we don't right. get right. because at, in the moment where we see her cutting her throat, the opera is playing against that moment. So I think it's, Again, it's a hard part of the movie to talk about, but it's the it's the the wrist. Yeah, okay. It has to be. Well, that leads oh, me to the no. next one. Because that's it's the no. dress at the party. I'm sorry. It's the dress at the party. <laughs> because it's too much. Now, I know it's the 80s and we've got we're like the remember how we were really into Japanese culture in 1980 in 1980s? Like sushi was fascinating, sumo was fascinating. We loved like Sony was fascinating. The Japanese culture, we we were so into it. Like the Japaneseness of Blade Runner. Yeah. I think there was something about Glenn Close at that Japanese exercise book release party. It just was too much. I think there's like an excess to that character that might be attractive, but it's definitely like I'm at least thinking about like my make exit a, plan. Make a red, make a red flag note. That's here. fair. Um I just have some questions about the wrists and like you don't have to go to the hospital for that. I just that part was confusing. I think you would, just I think would go to the hospital. I, I probably go to the you, emergency room. I'm guessing you would, but I think that they. I mean, if, to the degree that we know, they talked about it. I think she, she, like he couldn't go. Right. Like I think there was just like a risk involved or something. He I, says to her, "You'll go to the doctor." Right. But um, that's, that's on the it. that. Yeah, that's the next day. Glenn Close is smoking. We covered. Who? This always gets me with thrillers. 
people who keep a clipping book of their worst moments. Yeah, that's a movie like, device. Hey, I never, my dad died. Yeah. Here's let's put that in there, and here's a shot of me when I was in jail. Right. It's like yeah. who keeps a scrapbook of anything that's not positive? Well, serial killers and psychotics, right? Yeah. I mean, in the movies, they're the only people keep keeping scrapbooks. Mm-hmm. By the way, anyone who keeps a scrapbook like that, I, I would at least do a double take. Um, he's well you, past the double take. Right, but he's at this he's point, in her he's looking for that scrapbook. That, yeah. right. What happened to Alex's job? She's a book that's editor a and question. it just kind of this is a great stops question. working basically and hangs out. That's in the, a great unanswerable question. It seemed like she had a pretty good I job. I assume a lot of this was happening on the weekend. Okay. That's my guess. Uh, the whites in her eyes in the bath. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Really bad. bad. Terrible. Really bad. What else did he <laughs> Terrible. Um, I can't, I can't get over this, even though I understand it. Beth wants to stay in her home. Her life has been disrupted. She wants to end the disruption there. Why? However, <laughs> doesn't she say, no, 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 you stay. I'm going to leave the murdered bunny house. She I'm going to go. You have to stay in the house that was broken into by a person who was trying to harm us. No. I'm going to go to the next No, hotel. I think, no. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Be- because, and I think this is one of the really great, I mean, to the, degree, to the degree that there's any subtext in this movie, we've talked about this a little bit, but it really is about like the woman being not, the breadwinner is secondary. The, the prime role in a family in this world is the homemaker. And I think yes, that- Yes, and like, she was the one who it's, wanted it's the home her, and it's hers. It's, you can't, and she's not you can't letting him take her, take her away from it, but just, pra- again, this is picking nits. This is the category. Practically speaking, if you know you that someone guard. is trying to yeah. come for you, you don't stay in the place that but that she, person just infiltrated. But that's the same sequence as the phone call where she's like, bitch, come for me. And I, I got something for you. And she thinks that's actually going to work? She believes it. It's a heat check for Beth Gallagher is a come warrior. On. Come I, on. I, I pick that nit. Some others. Obviously, it's it's part of it's a deliberate plot choice to set up the original ending where his fingerprints are on the knife. I get why he has to touch the knife in the scene in the kitchen where it they're is fighting. Noticeable Putting that he it puts down it on down. the counter it is, is ludicrous. Yeah. She just tried to stab you with it, and then yeah. like let's see a little hustle when you're leaving the apartment after that. You're gonna put the knife down. That doesn't make sense. Fine. Let's see a little hustle. I think to get he's out in the shock. Door. I think he's in shock. I really I do. Know. I think that like the look on his face, the shot before that is him looking down. At I her. just don't think he's super aware, which brings us to our next <laughs> nit that I'd like to pick. What's the commute from New York City to Bedford? It's oh whatever the answer is in oh. minutes. She is Driving it's, behind him. It's 50 minutes. Minimum, right? I mean, no, we're going so to Westchester County. You get off the, County, you get off the exit and you're doing back roads for another 20. She is behind him on that road. The whole time. The entire yeah, time. No, that's true. But and he doesn't notice. He's so into, like, he's listening yes, to he's, the tape. Yes. He, the tape has his attention. Look in your rearview mirror, my guy. Come on. I I have one. Couple more. Oh, you yeah. got more. I okay. do have maybe, a couple maybe, more. Maybe yours, maybe yours will be my, I only have one. Beautiful new that home. Hasn't been it's mentioned. an old home, sure, but a beautiful home. Are these floors made of Swiss cheese? How is the <laughs> The water that's so fast. That it's fast. too fast. It's too it's fast. Too fast. It would take, it's too fast. I can't believe I forgot to mention that because it's, it's too fast. fast. It I don't take, even own a house. I think it would take like nine hours. It's yeah, no. way too fast. Would, the whole, yeah. That whole scene, it's this this delicate dance. The choreography all hinges on the precise timing of the water. Quincy he doesn't even need it. He doesn't even, th- that scene does by the way, not need the great water. Great job by Quincy the White Lab, not protecting his mother, but just licking the bathtub yeah. well, water our, off the floor. Because 
guy. No, our poor guy is like eating leftover spaghetti. He needs a fresh drink. (laughs) How, speaking of that scene, how does Ellen not wake up? Mm, Like, I'm glad the child is not in the scene ultimately, but she has just been put to bed mere feet away. So as somebody who who has had two six-year-olds in my day, once they're asleep, it's over. Oh my God. Yeah. No, you, it's true. You can literally drive a truck through the front door and they're not waking Screaming. up. Screaming. Nah, they're not waking the, the up. Crashing the crashing of glass, yeah. a knife on the floor, the sound of, you know how loud it is to drown someone? And then a gunshot? I think seven and under, they're not waking up. She's probably cowering in her bed. Ridiculous. That's why we used to have our eyes wide shut parties after our kids were asleep <laughs> from like 11 on. We'd be like, it's fine. They're asleep. There's some very weird stuff with time in this in this movie. Not the passage of time, but like specifically it says the, the clock, I believe, in the kitchen says 325 in the afternoon when Alex is making her spaghetti dinner, things like that. Hmm. Do, do Beth and Dan, well off, right? They have a beautiful apartment. They're moving into this mansion in Bedford. Beth they is don't coming have a real from estate, real money. They don't have a real estate broker. Beth is just greeting prospective buyers alone in her home. Where's the broker? That's a good, That's one. A good one. Come on. That's a really Ridiculous. good one. No, 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 no. But, 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 but she, Alex knows that they're going to move, right? She knows, she knows something is up. Sure. And the place I, is for sale. But, right. and I, I guess this is a product of the era where you'd be more likely to just right. welcome someone into your home. Still, where's the broker? <laughs> I don't want to necessarily cite the specific line, but when Dan is listening to the tape in the car and then listening to it again in his man cave attic, the, the words are different. The specific yeah, line right. is not I there the second time. I just she was time. repeating herself. And I That's just, what I assumed. I noticed yeah. that, but I just That's strange. That- I always find it very strange when they go back to the, her apartment after the dinner, uh, after the dancing, rather, that he's like, do you live here? They've already been there. Is that just an editing mistake, or is that like him trying to be cute and sexy? Oh, yeah. I think he was being cute and sexy. Didn't work. Editing that- mistake. <laughs> What'd you have? Well, it's kind of a major thing, but in the reshoot, I don't, I don't like the knife. I don't like the knifing of the dress to draw the blood. I don't, I don't believe. Like, it's we're to in show some, how, like how crazy she is. We're in She's some, mutilating herself. I just don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Glenn Close kept that knife. Yeah. She did? Um, yeah, she's got it in her Whoa. Own I love, I love you, Glenn Close. Because, you know, some people run away from this part, right? Some people are just like, Ugh. We're almost at the two-hour mark, so I got to speed through. Okay, we're gonna skip over. Can the podcast over, be longer than the movie? We're gonna skip over <laughs> best quote, except for "I feel you, I taste you, oh, yeah. I think yeah. you, Stop. I touch you." <laughs> Can you understand? Can you? Yeah. I would just have gotten tough. in a car accident. I'm like, ah! <laughs> That's oh, it. Man. It's so disturbing. <laughs> it's very I taste you. I taste you is so. Oh my god! Can I just say though to an eleven-year-old oh, boy? God. Like that kind of like psychosis and obsession is so appealing. Like I yeah. think I think seeing it at eleven kind of really changed my life. Like um, in terms yeah. of how I related. To Could this be remade as a ten episode Netflix show? No, I vote yes. Absolutely. I think the 2019 version of this movie with modern technology and yeah. All the all the different ways we think about this stuff could be a really interesting movie. Really? Also, it would give us more time for them people to mad. build up the yeah. relationship and the characters in the first place. And then you just understand all of their actions more. I think it would have to be a short, maybe like six episodes. I don't know about ten. Ten couldn't happen. You That's could argue many. the affair was basically Oh That's God, true. that don't version you of this. Dare. Wow, we both like Can't wait affair. for season. You guys are, you guys are nuts. You know, they had Fox I love that Fox greenlit. A, a television version of this in 2015 yeah. and then it never happened. Also, there was a play in London, 2014. Probably unanswerable questions. 
Um, at what point, I was just putting myself in the Dan Gallagher role. At what point would my wife never have been able to forgive me? Mm. I think it was the spaghetti and the meatballs for the <laughs> would have been the adultery aside. Just that that just mistreating a, a dinner like that would have been unforgivable. I think about my sister in that part. Like what that would have been the thing she focused on for a little bit. <laughs> Fatal Attraction Two. Mm-hmm. Grown up Ellen. Mm. Maybe disturbed and demented from ever her traumatic childhood. Ellen's going to be having some that commitment for a while. issues. Mm. And then re- and now oh, it's Bill, Ellen Gallagher. This is good. Yeah. This yeah. is good. I know. <laughs> oh um, my goodness. Did this movie launch the Skinamax era? Because this was the plot of a well, 150 I mean, Skinamax movies. There's a real answer to this, which is that, you know, these movies, the erotic thriller came out of this movie. Well, no, but it was an industrial problem where please come see the movies. Don't go watch porn. Let's put Pornishness mm-hmm. with a plot. Right. Let's marry that. Joe Esterhouse is is the king of you know this genre. The, the, what we call now the erotic thriller. What we call then the erotic thriller. And I think the Skinamaxness, like you just got lower quality versions of this nannies. Thing. Right. Yes. Right. All your secretaries, porn, right. nurses, all your porn. Shannon anyone, Tweed comes yeah. out of this. I mean, that led to. The Gone with the Wind of Skinamax movies, Scorned, with Shannon Oh, yes. is an amazing movie. Shannon she has sex Tweed. with everyone in the family. <laughs> <laughs> she just runs through. I think the dog yeah. might have gotten through unscathed, oh, but everyone else. Oh, God. Um, who plays these parts if they remade this movie in mm-hmm. 2019? I thought it was an interesting, unanswerable question. Who would you want? Who would I want? Who hmm. would you want? I would just want Michael Douglas and Glenn Close to okay. do it again. So you would never do that. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, that's. A I good feel question. like it would go badly with like Jennifer Aniston as Glenn Close. You just like, couldn't just fuck do it, it. No. like, but, but because the again the thing that you have to be thinking about when you cast this, and this is why Glenn Close, this is why the fights over Glenn Close were probably so intense. Mm-hmm. Like you, you in the eighties, everybody was sexy, and Glenn Close had never been really given a chance to to be sexy or like to to do this kind of overt well, you know, sexiness. They they started remaking these movies. With all black casts about five years ago. That's true. And they did it with, uh, there was a Beyonce movie where she's Obsessed. basically an archer. Mm. Obsessed. Yeah. And Obsessed. I forget who was. Allie Larder. Allie Larder. Yeah. And it was kind of the same premise of it, but uh, no they just good remake deed. that movie. Yeah, no, it. it's, yeah. Well, yeah, but who would even. What's funny, because we used to talk about this when we did podcast at Grantland. About instead of remaking movies, just change, make it change all the black cast or, or change yeah, the gender, flip right. the gender, whatever. Right. Right. And they've actually really been doing this. I just watched one. I watch all of them. I watched The Intruder with Dennis Quaid oh. where he wouldn't leave his house. Yeah. Not bad. They left a lot on the table. They though. left a lot. But I just, I always enjoy those movies. It's like, eh, something's that wrong. That really could have been the, yeah. the ho- like the, the racial homeowner, mm. like melodrama like blank from hell. Well, that's what they don't, they don't consult with us. Any other unanswerable questions for you, Mel? Did Dan become a partner at the law firm after all this? Because they have that celebration dinner. They're prematurely celebrating what they think this lunch with the boss represents. I want to know. I don't think they find out. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think Fred Gwynn finds out that any of this happened. Did Dan and Beth stay married? (sighs) Yes. Yes. I think it's too important. I think think it's too important to her to not get divorced. I I wish that Beth had gone and, you know, followed her bliss, found herself a man worthy of her, but I don't think that's what's happened. I'm just as interested in looking the other way, though. Had Dan cheated before? You know, we don't really know if this was like a, oh, I've 
boy, I've really never done anything like this and never would kind of transgression from him? Or if this is something that he just doesn't really think about? I think that he's thought, I mean, the thing that, that the looks on his face after all of the sex are the, like, this is like a dream coming true. I think this was the 80s. And you just did stuff and didn't think about the consequences. <laughs> I like that your your rationale for a lot of this is oh, it's thirty years ago. Nobody was doing th- cocaine like it was Pez back then. <laughs> oh, I love Pez. Another one. I want to know who Alex was supposed to go on the date with because when she's having that first one, oh, yeah. the restaurant. She made that up. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. I think she made it up too. I don't know. Maybe it's definitely possible. It's probably even probable. I think she was. But if not, she's so casual about date? it though. I had a date. I stood him up. No. And, well, but we know that, that was she, the phone call I made for. I don't believe it. I you, I don't know though. I think that she has. Again, this is one of the questions. I wish we knew more. Does she have a romantic life? You know, she tells Dan that she didn't think that she could get pregnant, which would indicate that she's had moments where she tried, mm-hmm. or at least could have. I don't know. I want to know more about that. That's an unanswerable question. How did Alex know exactly where Dan was going to go to rent that car? Oh, good one. I thought about that. I really did think about she's following that. him. Yeah, she's a great follower. Um, There's some things in movies where I'm just like, whatever. Hey, last one. Who won the movie? Quincy. Quincy the dog? (laughs) No, it's Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Close. This is an easy one. Wow, we did this under two hours. Barely. (laughs) Fatal attraction. None of us will be ignored. Barely. None of us. Lizzie Morris, Mallory Rubin, thank you. Thanks to Voodoo, don't forget, Voodoo, a leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy. Over 10,000 titles you can watch for free. On their ad-supported on-demand service, enjoy everything from the latest blockbusters to your favorite indie films without subscriptions or contracts. You been on Vudu? They have everything. It's great. And it's, it's great. It's, I like it. They have a lot of my 80s, 90s favorites as well. Head to Vudu.com slash Rewatchables. Sign up and start watching today. And thanks to NHTSA. If you think drunk driving is no big deal, you couldn't be more wrong. You can get in a crash, people can get hurt or killed, and you could be arrested, incur legal expenses, lose your job. Next time you plan on drinking, make sure you plan ahead. Designate a sober driver or use a ride service to get home safely, drive sober, get pulled over. Rewatchables is coming. You're doing Do the Right Thing with Sean. I am. Yeah. And then we're taping Beverly Hills Cop this week for October. True. Yeah. So, the Rewatchables. See you soon. 